Hello, good evening, dear listeners. It is I, uh, Chris from Cinematronics, and it's Do You Expect Us to Talk commentary time. And joining me as ever is, my, is the Do, Do You Expect Us to Talk gang, Dave and Becca. Say hello. Good evening, folks. Hello. And uh, today it's your choice, isn't it, Becca? Your choice yes. of, the, of the Marvel <laughs> Phase 2. Uh, and what, what was it that you chose on? What was it you settled, settled on? Um, my choice that I forgot last time, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. She had a look through her VHSs. I did. Uh, Check through my laser discs. See what she had. She 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 ran through my Betamaxes. <laughs> she rang a local blockbuster video and shut <laughs> down a copy. Do you exist? <laughs> Excellent. My name J R Hartley. I live in Cheltenham. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh my name somewhere, James somewhere. Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fly fishing. Uh, I'm sending over this carrier pigeon. Guardians to of the it. galaxy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure somewhere there is still a blockbuster in operation somewhere in one. America. I'm There's sure I read it. One. World. Look it up. There's one in the world. Yeah, literally one left. Yeah. My local one is now a pizza hut. Very sad. Oh, Christ. <laughs> you know, it's kind of sad when you see, like, things that used to be pizza hut because they were, like, made in a certain way with the the way the roof looked like, a, like an actual hut. Uh, and then you sort of see it, like, change something else. You go, yeah, okay, I can tell it used to be a pizza hut. They kind of yeah, do the same thing as a blockbuster. And that's the sort of incisive comment we, we and, and we got mo- this commentary. <laughs> We've got more stuff. of that fun chat for you folks. So. <laughs> shops, what used to be other shops. Bit political, but we're hard hitting and we don't apologise. <laughs> I was out for the day with a friend and I was quite sad when he told me that the record store that he really, really liked is now white stuff. And it's like, oh. So I hope, we, we didn't visit the shop, but I do hope they have some you know, like records on the walls or some remnant as a callback to what they used to be. What's so, it now? Um, uh, <laughs> other brands are available. It's a ladies' clothing shop. Right. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Called <laughs> what? Called what? Uh, <laughs> um, it's a white stuff. Right. Was it started by Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's a have a cigar. Yeah, that's that's hers. <laughs> All dresses finished by hand. <laughs> no, no input by Bill Clinton. <laughs> Sorry, dear, dear. Yeah, dear. Uh, yeah uh, I was like, shall I mention it? Shall I not? Mm. I wouldn't be trying anything on there. A, because I'm a man, and dresses don't really suit me and my build. Oh, they might affect uh, you, Dave. You never but, know. Uh, but yeah, you just worry about the cleanliness of things there. But anyway, <laughs> rest in peace, unnamed record store we've unnamed never heard store. of. Um, but you've also learned Becca's been out for the day. Yay. So, yeah, I had a nice day out. So we're nice. cooking with fucking gas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, cat cafe? I had a nice time. Nice. A cat cafe? Oh, I want one of them. <laughs> Mind you, I've got an actual cat. So it's I'll say, yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a cat daddy. So mm. a cat cafe? Yeah, they don't serve cats. There's just cats <laughs> wandering around to like greet you and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I've I've heard that. It's the most bizarre thing in the world. And they just happen to have cats. But yeah, basically, it kind of works as like it's like a cat sanctuary. Um, we'll see the welfare and well-being of cats is 
as, as Paramount. Yeah. Um, but they just happen to serve tea and coffee and cake. I can only imagine that place is full of either hipsters or crazy cat ladies. Bit of, both. of like of like you know like of single middle aged women. Like, just... <laughs> little from like, Colombia, little from Colombia. <laughs> 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 well, only the second one I've been to. And I've got a dog. I mean, only the second one because every street's got a cat. Well, cat the, the, uh, there is one in like round Manchester, apparently. There is. <laughs> Though I've I've never seen or visited that establishment. But <laughs> there we there's go. One in, there's one in London as well. There's probably quite a few in London. Obviously, in the hipster area um, near Shoreditch, in and around there somewhere. Um, okay. Yeah, and um, I went to one today. So and very nice yeah. it was too. Super. Just thought I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's the perfect. My one day off, I'm gonna have a day off, day out. It, it, it's it's the perfect perfect place to uh, stroke a pussy. So uh... well, <laughs> perfectly. While we're sharing, I had an all day breakfast at a farm shop about two miles outside my town. Well, that's nice. Well, that sounds lovely. Lovely. Carry on. Farm shops are quite nice, but the food is often quite expensive. But then you know where the money's going, so it's all right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I deliberately Chris, what have you been up to today? Chris, what have you, who have you, what have you been doing? Um, been for a run. That's probably as much exciting as it's get, has been today. Oh, you didn't work today then, though. No? Yeah, well, yeah, I was work last night, so oh, like sure. I, I spent like part of it work, like sleeping. So, well, that's the red hot trailer done. <laughs> <laughs> so this is yeah. So this is uh. I feel stuck. I mean, we could change the subject any time, but I feel like we're going to be stuck talking like this all evening. <laughs> <laughs> Help! I can't get. Well, out. well, we've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to watch, so we'll have, have we, plenty. Chris? Yes, we've we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, so... Becca's going to be watching it quickly because she's <laughs> on the she's on the DVD. Unfortunately, I am on who, the DVD. Who would have guessed? I haven't migrated to the hard stuff yet. No. I do think out of the remaining phase, it's my only DVD. So great. Uh, so you chose this one as the only one you can't watch <laughs> at the same speed as us. It was Super. cheap. It was cheap. Yeah, right. So on your version, they'll all be talking a bit higher. We'll be all over the place with this anyway, but uh, it doesn't matter because we're here throughout. So okay. Without further ado, so Dave, are you on um, the? I'm on a rip. I'm on a rip, so I'll just start a second or two after you, just because of the mechanisms oh, okay. of movies and stuff. Well, I'm on Netflix, so pretty, I don't know if that works the same. I don't know. But... Yeah, which mean, which must be... mean you've got a VPN, because it's not on British Netflix. It is not, no. Okay. That means you can watch all the Bond movies on Netflix that aren't on the UK version or the New Zealand version. Yeah, yeah if or... I could get it to work on my TV, that would that would finally allow me to watch Bond films without walking four paces to where the box is. <laughs> I mean, the box is right beside the TV. Honestly, I always leave the Bond films out because I watch them quite often. Sure. Um, and I'm still gutted. I can't turn the TV next to it to US Netflix so I can watch the films directly without having to stand up. To be fair, my eye is on because uh, of the bomb. All the bomb films have been on the uh, on the uh, iTunes now 4K. in four K. Yeah, oh, so my eyes were I'm waiting them to be like um, affordable. Yeah, like I, I, ne- I nearly got them because the, the, over Christmas, like at one point, you had like both both Daltons for five pound. Bargain. 
Uh, and I was like, ooh, but I kind of want... Yeah, but because you don't know, I, you know, I want to see if there's any more bundles, so you might just do like the whole shebang. Um, I don't know. Looking it up now, license to kill. Oh, but it's, be it's, it's gone up now. But yeah, they are like on 4K now, and so I'm just going to wait and see. see what sort of price they are. Yeah. Uh, films, right, let's have a look. Do they sort of default to 4K? Yeah. Because License to Kill is showing at 8.99. Yeah, they are like if you buy like a HD copy, that's like if you know it'll be in 4K if you have like you know a right. current Apple TV and the TV 4K TV, can they? Right. Yeah, that'll be next. It's pointless buying a box set ever again. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but yes. Okay. So. So let's uh let's Same laser focus as ever from do you expect us to talk? <laughs> well yeah, any chance let's keep let's keep this up, guys. So uh my finger's on play, so uh Becca, are you ready? My body is ready. For for Chris's finger. <laughs> for the play button. Okay. Uh okay, so on free and that, and that goes for you two as well, folks. <laughs> To be honest, the content of the show so far, we've definitely <laughs> got anyone listens to this shit, haven't we? Carry on. Uh, well, at least people know that we are well and truly back with our drivel. Thank you. So, on three. One, two, and three. Oh. And it started. on a sort of imaginary yeah. farm. So it starts straight on Earth. There's no title sequence. Earth 1988 has come up on screen. The train's off. I always. NCC. I'm not in love. I always thought they should have do like should have like a, a silence Marvel thing with the 10 CC track playing over and then cut to like yeah. the, the the shot the, the tape like player. But that's me. That was James. On the, on the versions that you guys that's are watching, does it tell saying. you? Does it tell you what the song is or? Because my, my subtitles on the DVD, this is a mellow pop song. Yeah, yeah. Pops Walkman. I confirm Netflix did tell it's 10cc. Yeah. So you can tell us all the way through if you don't know what the songs are. Got a Walkman. I know, you've told listeners before. <laughs> it's probably still on most people's mental highlight reel. Good old Walkman. <laughs> It's amazing how that shirt still fits him when, he, when yeah, he's a grown man. Yeah, after all these man. years. Does it? Does he still wear the same shirt? Well, anyway. he still has it. Oh, oh, oh no, does he not wear it? Does he not give it to the... Um, oh, I have no the, idea. The green bird he was shagging. <laughs> the green bird <laughs> he was shagging. Or, 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 or whatever colour she was. I've never been that good in bed that I felt the need to give a woman a fucking souvenir. <laughs> like, if you ever want to relive these golden moments, this is what I was wearing when I picked you up. I've seen this. The, the, Fun the, fact: the, I saw my mum die with this on. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about another roll in the hay? This woman was in both in, uh, the in between us. Yeah. Um, yes, of course she was. Yeah, she looked a bit less cancery. She looked more healthy. Yeah. No. Was she yeah. the one Will ended up with? I can't remember. Now. But yeah. Yes, in, in the first film. Yeah. yeah. Only to be like you know, become like a non non important. She's also in the last Transformers film as well. 
which I didn't see. I mean, I do admire you sticking with it to five. That was impressive. Well, you know, it's only, you know. I think so, I don't have, I, the sad thing is, if I was on my deathbed, I don't have this many family to get around me. It's quite a lot of them. Yeah. But to be fair, not a lot of people do, really. Well, not a lot of people have this many people around them. At that one time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. So, straight in, we're, we're starting with a really feel-good scene. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I really didn't know what we were going to get at this point at all. 10cc is kind of a statement of attempt that it would have a sort of kind of weirdly retro feel mm. to it, but even so. But it's okay, here comes a giant spaceship. Yeah, they, I don't know if they do this in grief counselling as a matter of course. I mean, that's quite an odd day, isn't it? I bet you've never offered <laughs> this to a. I bet you've never offered this to a patient, have you, Chris? <laughs> no. Is, is that available on the NHS? What? What? UFO therapy. UFO abduction therapy. <laughs> Are, are you struggling with a loved one? How how about being kidnapped oh, by aliens, never to return back to Earth again? Twenty-six years later. Try it. It's good to talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I still miss that marble logo. Yeah. Because I don't like the new one when they put all the stars in it. It's shite. I'm trying to remember when when, when the new one started. Uh, I think think it may have been Civil War, you know. If it weren't Civil War, it might have been like a Thor Ragnarok or something. I can't really remember. Ah. No, I think think if it's not Civil War, it'll be um, Strange. Not Strange. Okay. I think. Okay. I'm just trying to remember if it was that I was crying over during Spider-Man. We'll see. I still need to see the Spider-Man anime. I watched it again today. I need to see it. I'll pick it up. Because I've, I've, I've kind of... I feel strangely out of the loop with the rest of the human race on it. I've seen it twice now and thought it was all right. Oh. And everyone else is like, five stars, it's Rose, amazing, Rose. best Spider-Man film. And I love the character, and I'm fine with anime, and I should, have, I should have loved it and bizarrely didn't. But I don't dislike it either. I've got nothing negative to say about it. It's just, but it's like a three-star film to me, and it's a five-star film to everyone else. Yeah, I think I think it must be something. I mean, I've not seen it, so I can comment. But if you don't have anything negative to say about it, that is something in itself. Don't say anything at all. It, it kind of did fuck all for me, full stop. Yeah. Um, but it was all right. But I walked out. I, I went in hearing that it was amazing. And then I walked out and started reading around and it was like five star reviews everywhere. And like perfect film should piss it at the animated Oscar and all the rest of it. And it's like, I I don't get it. What am I missing? Mm. It's fine. Um, But there you go. 
I did not know what to expect with this film when I first saw it though. This is this is I didn't know Chris Pratt. I'd never really seen Parks and Rec very much. And so this um, was kind of like the breakout for him, wasn't it? I think. Um I yeah, I just hadn't seen him in very much. And it's then you've got that very false environment and... from outside. I thought, I don't know what I'm gonna get here. No, it sort of it was very known for sort of parks and rec when yeah. physically he looked very different as well. And then he started kind of doing this and also the Jurassic World sequel movies. Yeah, um, Jurassic World was the following year, and we were like, "Ah, Chris Pratt is hot." But we were, you know, in terms of his his talent um, and sort of comedic ability as well. Yeah. I think that's what he was kind of best best known for as well. And now this has kind of projected him into the Marvel action, you know, a Marvel action hero. All right, Lisa. Mm. Yeah, I was someone who was like that kind of comedian. I never saw Parks and Rec. Uh, never appealed to me, no, but. Um, he, he was he was always that, that kind of like chubby guy in in in, in some comedies, and yeah. Seemed, yeah. and seemed like charismatic, but I, um, but yeah, he's he's he, he does have this like happy sort of uh, balance of he can do action and comedy. Yeah, yeah, and he's pretty good at everything. You can see why. I mean, I'm not going to argue the rights and wrongs of the idea. You can see why he's linked with, like, he has been linked in the past with possible indie reboots mm. and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, because kind of he, see why he, he has be a quality. I can't, I, or I will talk about it a bit because I can't see him in the sort of professor scenes. But yeah, I can the, see the, him the, doing thing, the rest the, of it. The thing about him is, and I think what is, it works mostly for this film, is that he does have a very boyish kind of sensibility. Yeah. Mm, so. You think but about what his character with, is. Doesn't is, that suit with making it up as you go along? Yeah. Mm. I'm not quite it's taking everything too seriously. And I, I'd be stunned if... I mean, I must have listened to a commentary at some point. I haven't in prep for this or the review. But this mm. must be influenced by Raiders. Opening sequence. This oh, easily. Must be. Easily. This is, this is the sort of, you know, getting the idol at the start of that film. Yeah. It's just I, a high-tech version of it. Uh, you could almost imagine him rubbing his chin there, couldn't you, and looking at mm. it. it it's, yeah, you could. It's, it's even shot from the same angle. It really is. But I think he's yeah, probably... see why he's been linked to the role. It, it's probably take... Um, you know, James Gunn's probably sort of, like, taking all kinds of, like, ideas from 80s films when doing yeah, this absolutely. film. Um, I think the soundtrack's, yeah. like, a big part of this film, I think. I mean, uh, the film it's a lot of the appeal of the film every bit as much as sort of early Tarantinos and stuff mm-hmm. um, G-Man so he was in um, he was in Serenity oh yeah <laughs> my, my quality you know it's going to be good when he appears <laughs> he's in Michael Bay's The Island as well, Not, well there, um, there was a period where like he was in everything um, and then he sort of vanished for a little bit and now he's popping up again and oh, it was, done, it's a real pleasure to see him in this role. He's done some quality stuff, but he's played, he really has. He's played henchman in a lot of shit. Yeah, unfortunately, he's kind of he's the quality control's not great. Yeah, you've got to you know do the do the lows and, and get the highs. Yeah. Want to hit the highs, you've got to do the lows, that kind of thing. You know, he's he's been at both ends of, of that quality spectrum. Yeah, definitely, because he was in like Blood Diamond and stuff like that. He's done some mm, definitely, films. but he gives like a you know. Although a I must really... admit, I don't think I've seen Blood Diamond. But he, he oh, you got to see it. Such good fun. Yeah. But he, he gives a really solid performance, whatever he does. Even if the film is crap. Oh, know, he's, he's never, he's never the a, problem. But when he no, turns up, no it's a bit like we were talking last week about you know, Jay or Jai. I can never know how you pronounce that, Courtney. But when you see his name on something, you think there's good chances oh. it'll be crap. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not them. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they somehow get attracted to not very good stuff. Mm. Um, the same could be said for, like, you know, Matthew Connolly, Matthew Connolly back in the day. You think, oh, fucking yeah. hell. 
Yeah. Well, not back in the day. I've literally reviewed Serenity this weekend, and it will oh. be one of the worst films of the year. Yeah, yeah. Known for that plain, that famous plot twist. Yeah. Is it famous though? Well, it will become infamous because it's fucking idiotic. It is a plot twist that it's actually a, a remake of the uh, Firefly. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, Every time right. you mention it, I was like, is, "Is it another Firefly movie?" Plot no. twist is Ron Glass didn't die. He turns up. There he is. It's Fire, oh no, it's Firefly. Yeah. Uh, the plot twist as an idea is not that smart anyway. But when you actually consider the film you've just watched, you go, "Don't be fucking stupid." Now this first film, I've got to see. <clears throat> I always wonder what the need is to put a plot twist. Some people just like feel like they have to. So at the end of the sixth sense, it should just be him going, "Nice work, kids. See ya." Oh, sorry. She, she's she's red, not not green. Oh, Chris. Oh, that girl. You don't even look at the colour of disposable okay. of disposable <laughs> love interests. Green, red, purple, all the same uh, to me. <laughs> no, no, love, I'm aware I did a good job. Have this shirt. Oh, excuse me. That tape's lasted quite well, because tapes used to wear out and snap and stuff like that, mm. didn't they? They didn't have a good longevity. I mean, now we're kind of getting to the point where, like, obviously vinyl was enjoying a, a period of being in vogue and now cassette yeah, tapes is, whips a lot yeah this is it <laughs> um the cassette tapes are slowly coming back there's a lot of um second-hand shops that i know about and also some record stores um selling cassettes as well and it's like really must dig out my old ones but yeah they scratch easily quite it's that, um, bizarre, it's that bizarre nostalgia that our generation is living in yeah literally I, kind of vcrs will be the next thing videos it'll be like oh, why well, look at the films. I mean, Ghostbusters is coming back next year. And, you know, does anyone genuinely think that's a good idea? Mm, but, no. It might end up great, but I kind of doubt it. You know, you know what? Even if it turns out all right, I I don't think it will probably do well. It'll probably do okay, but it, 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 it it's not going to be like it's not going to make any traction. Everyone that ever talks about it seems to forget there was a Ghostbusters too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They were always like, it'd be great to see a sequel from them lot. It's like you had one and it was lousy. Um, and they've cast that kid from Stranger Things in it. I think they're going to hand over the children. Mm. I don't think... the next generation. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, they're, they're teenagers now, so. No, they're too young, though. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Having said that, the disclaimer I would give is I've never. Ghostbusters is is a strange thing I, I wouldn't ever say anything negative about it but it didn't follow me into adulthood yeah i don't really understand why that was because most of the films from that era like back to the future and the star wars films and indie and lots of others i still enjoy every bit as much now but for yeah. whatever reason i from about i watched it in my late teens i was about 19 or maybe even 20 i watched it again towards the end of my time at university and wasn't enjoying it and i try then i got it on dvd when dvd was still like wow mm. what a format you know and i just could not get into it and I've, I've tried two or three times since and it just hasn't followed me i don't get anything from that film anymore so i've got no interest in any more films it, from them it, it is a bit of a, a lightning in a bottle film 
Like the we objectively, the film only works with Bill Murray, and you, you, and on paper, you know, yeah. the his character should not work. So it is a it, it is a bit of a lightning in a bottle film. But though, yeah. though, to be fair, Dave, like the um, I think whenever like people growing up in a certain generation, and we sort of all everyone seems to like like this film. I have the same thing with Goonies. I think I think I think everyone has like oh I liked. A certain, you know, certain say grouping of films, but I've got one exception where everyone loves and I don't. Do you know what I mean? I reckon everyone's got that one thing that which they didn't. Where quite... you go, why don't I see it with that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, with Goonies, I don't think it's a very good film, right? Who but knows? I don't have a problem with people liking it out of nostalgia, like Ghostbusters, I, I, like. And... But, but I just feel like admit it's nostalgia because mm. you loved it as a kid. Ghostbusters, conversely, I'm happy to admit is probably outstanding. I just don't really get it anymore for whatever reason. You've outgrown it. Yeah, but I don't even know what that is because it's not exactly more juvenile than a Back to the Future or anything. Well, it's it, it you know, it's a quirky idea, and it, again, on paper, you think there needs to be something more for this to work. Yeah, but for whatever reason, it's like it's a lightning in a bottle film. It just works. I don't think it, I don't think it's inherently age. a franchise. Yeah, I think there was an idea when the the female film was released like three years ago that they would like maybe have different teams in different places. And I don't see it. I don't see that it's got that to offer. Yeah, the the best the franchise had was when it was a cartoon. That was the best. Yeah, um, actually, that's true. Best transition it, it had being a cartoon. But um, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. As a film, it doesn't quite hang. Yeah, but the, um, the whole point here with this film, we're, we're, they've gone to Xandar now, uh, and the, the point with Xandar, of course, is that the Infinity Stone from this film is the one that. Um, he already has at the start of Infinity War. This is the mm. one that Thanos already has. So, in some respects, the, the setups from this film aren't irrelevant, are kind of irrelevant because everything following it happens off camera anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reality stone is later dropped with the collector, or probably has been already because it was the one from Thor. Um, was it Thor? I can't forget. It was the, it was the Asgardians who dropped it off. I think you know, um, you know the what Dave, one I, from this film is is I think the power stone that he's already got at the start. It's not. I don't think it's entirely relevant because you're actually introduced to all these, given an idea of what the stuff, what the stones are. So this yes. one, you get like a all right. Well, I know what 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 it is and what it does. Yeah, but where, what I'm saying is, before Infinity War starts and you go right, Thanos has got to get all the stones. Yeah. Where's he got to get them from? When you're trying to rack your brains remembering where they all are, yeah, he's actually already got this one. Yeah. He kind of starts from already having it. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's decimated the Nova Corps or what. We'll find out one day because there's still talk of a Nova Corps film instead of a Guardians three, probably. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if they can find a director for it. Someone will do it, but they'll they'll make themselves very unpopular because a lot of directors have said no. That's James Gunn's film. I mean, Edgar Wright tweeted, he said, I think James Gunn would be an excellent choice. And like loads yeah. of directors replied with kind of the same thing. Yeah. But of course, I think it's a given. he's off doing the Suicide Squad now. Still not seen that. <laughs> the originals, the original is, um, what's the, well, plot wise, it's mental. Um, some of the interplay between the characters is okay. Uh, the villain effects are awful, and basically the main villain of the basically they're sent to solve a problem they themselves cause. 
Oh. And the woman is, and it's basically what she called Kara. What's she called? Delvey. Yeah, she spends, the film, she spends the film twerking in front of a blue beam. <laughs> it's fucking ludicrous. And the other in front thing, of Will Smith. The whole point of Suicide Squad is what if another Superman came along and he wasn't benevolent? We need oh. to put a team together. So, what's the best thing to fight a Superman? Like a, a small woman with a baseball bat and someone who's good with a boomerang? It's, it's absolutely <laughs> mental in every way. Yeah, some some crazy woman, say some crazy woman, a good shot, yeah. and some yeah. random. Yeah, it's really stupid, and and all the henchmen, if you like, of of Cara Delvine's character, um, all look like they've been rolled in tar and then had Maltesers fired at them. <laughs> it's really it's shit. But Will Smith, pretty, Will Smith playing Will Smith is quite good in it. And Harley Quinn is divisive, but I think she's great. Um, so it's got like some good things about it, but the film is stupid and ill thought through, like most of the DC universe. It's uh, on the Amazon Prime if you want to check it out, Becca. And also, there were about nine different cuts that. of the film, and you can tell that they can't, they didn't really know which to go yeah, with. Yeah. Um, and at the premiere, David Ayer's there is like trying to grandstand and saying "fuck Marvel" and stuff like that. I'm thinking Marvel is still shitting on you. Don't yeah. be so stupid. Because it was like it came out about a month after Civil War. Like, don't be silly. Um, yeah, I, I always always interpreted that kind of "fuck Marvel" as a as a bit of like tongue in cheek, like a little. It bit was, of a... but the thing is, tone gets lost. Yeah, on yeah. Paper and on the internet. Yeah, especially so with like media, it's like it was a stupid thing to say. Yeah. But James Gunn is just the sort of th- person to produce the sort of film Suicide Squad should have been. By the way, this is like a really good like like meeting of like yeah. the, the majority. Actually, you're probably a little bit ahead. Um, he's just fired a taser at her and he's run off. The yes. rocket's about to fire at him. Precious. Oh, yeah, it's just hit him. It, it's really good. And the thing is, it's the one bit of the film that actually uses a natural looking sky and stuff like that. So it's it visually does, yeah. quite nice. The visuals of this film are superb, I think. Yeah. There aren't many scenes that look, you think, oh, it looks a bit sketchy, or I'm mm, not too sure about that. I think, like most Marvel CG, it's it's good enough. You know, mm. ro- Rocket, if, if the film was literally a Rocket film and that's all, I think there'd be a lot more sort of detail in him, but it's good enough. Yeah, definitely. Well, even on DVD, <laughs> this film stands out. Or even if you're steaming, you know, in HD. I totally forgot Glenn Close was in this movie. Yeah, I was only thinking about that just a second ago. I was thinking, Christ, if they'd nominated Meryl Streep, she could have got an Oscar nomination <laughs> for this She could have got film. in it. She could have won that Oscar, but no. Because they always nominate her for everything. Uh, Glenn Close is in this, yeah. Yes, it's, it's a rather unlikely role. A sort of character that she's known for playing, but also is quite unlikely. You don't expect to see her in the Marvel movie. Yeah, it plays like a Glenn Close character, but it's not a Glenn Close film, is no, it? No, no. But she's brilliant in it, though. And Peter Serafinowicz, who I love. Yeah, although I don't like the a-hole line. It's too stiff. Yeah, that's a bit weird. What an (laughs) a-hole. She does look like she's talking to a blue Bruce Willis there. (laughs) She does. (laughs) When you glance, quickly. You look for a few seconds and it's not. Yeah, he's he's recently been hired in the Blue Man Group. (laughs) Peter Serafinowicz. Good guy. He's a legend. Married to Sarah Alexander from Greenwing and Coupling in real life. Yeah. Lucky bastard. <laughs> Lucky her. 
This is quite nice storytelling, actually. Just that, you know, just basically, yeah, just tell you everything you need to know about them. Can't really find more Motley crew. Plus, also, you were seeing this in the trailer as well, so it would be like, oh, this is the bit. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Right, I've got to see this criminal record because it never really got the translator implant in neck. That's important. How do they all speak the languages? That's why. Yeah, that'll explain. Two counts of public intoxication. <laughs> Getting crunk. Yeah, it's the same. It's the universal translator cons- conceit from mm. Star Trek, basically. Yeah, what kind of sci-fi influences? Oh, pardon me. <clears throat> I mean, how far are we into this film? I still had no idea 23 minutes in where the fuck this was going. <laughs> That's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, you've got to stick with it. But no, it wasn't a bad thing. I was just, I was already watching going, well, I'm enjoying this. It's really funny. The characters all work. Fucking hell, Marvel have balls of steel to be making this sort of thing. But I still don't know where this is going to go from here. It's one of those kind of unknown properties, really. It wasn't well, not unknown, but like unless, unless you obviously read the comics. But somebody like me as an outsider, I'm like, this is a property I've heard very little of, and have very little knowledge of it coming to. It. But it's you can see the appeal, and it's instant, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be like one of the best, one of the good things about watching films when you don't know where it's going to lead you. Mm. Mm. It's a nice surprise. I, I think that's the one slightly negative thing I'll say about Guardians, and it's not a massive problem. That every time I see them, I kind of almost need to see new content and new jokes. I don't rewatch the films very often. Guardians is great, but I've never had a good as a good a viewing as my first, mm. <clears throat> and that's probably true of the sequel as well and their stuff in the Avengers. Yeah, because jokes can get old as well. I always wonder if things like, like comedies and things like that. You think, oh, I don't know. but then It works with some of them. I, it's I an think, indefinable something with this. You, you know what it'd be like? It's like it's like having like a, just a comfort blanket. But then again, you, you know, we watch like Austin Powers and you still find it funny. Yeah, There's still parts but you think like, yeah, it's still funny. Well, even the Naked Gun film, which is a lot of like visual yeah. gags and stuff, shouldn't work. I mean, I mean, do you... Do you not miss films like Naked Gun? Like, how come not making films like that anymore? Like, because they did them to death. That's the problem. Firstly, Liam uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, Liam. Neeson oh, you know what? Pete you know what? Get Liam Neeson as the new Frank Drebin. and just do it. <laughs> you made that mistake before, and I laughed my ass off at you. But anyway, um, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen was really, really good at it, and hardly anyone else was. But then he did film after film, and they were crap. He did, like, Repossessed, which was mm. terrible. Um, and what is it? Spy Hard and Dracula Dead and Loving It mm. and oh, lots yeah. of others. And none of them were anywhere near as good as the Naked Gun films. And the Naked Gun films themselves were diminishing. Was quite funny. By the third one, it wasn't as good. They have. There was talk a couple of years ago of making a new one with... What's his name? He was in Vacation and the Hangover films. Yes, and I mean 
Ed Helms, is it Ed Helms? Or? Ed Helms, Ed yeah. Helms, so, yeah. They were talking about making one with him as, as Frank Drebin. I don't oh. know if that's still going to happen. No. Ooh. I'm up no. for it in principle, but it got done to death. And of course, just after that, the scary movie started. Oh, no. And they were the same principle. And even stuff like date movie and epic movie. Is yeah, they branched out and it kind of just really felt bad. nothing. Well, it's all sight gags and pointing at things and people saying something. Oh, look at this. Oh, let's rip off the thing. But you you know, if if you actually did like a film like that, but well, like not just lazy shit, like, oh, look Mm. at this. Remember this from that film? You know, it, you know, I I don't know. I I wonder how it'll work or whether like we actually have an appetite for things like that because everything's comedy right now is just seems to be a little more improvisal kind of thing. And they're all like about over two hours long and, and I, d- I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of comedies miss... have suffered a terrible bloat. Even good ones. Mm. You know, the whole Jap- Judd Apatow era of comedies coming in at like two hours and ten minutes. It's largely wrong for it. Yeah, that might explain the rewatch value of good comedies. They tend to be very short, very sort of skit based. Anyway, stuff like this is trying to tell a story, so you want something a bit fresher each time. I don't know. There's a certain indefinable something, really. Mm. But all I'm saying is, for whatever reason, I very rarely want to rewatch Guardians compared to some of the other films that maybe I don't even like as much. But when they turn up and do something new each time, it's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, their stuff in Avengers Infinity War was brilliant. Drax with his, you know, with his invisibility. Mm. The interactions with Thor... Mm, definitely. He's he's like an angel out of sex for a pie. I the thing when I look at Drax there is I I had no idea Batista would look like Batista looks. His colouring, ethnicity, everything about him, it's not how I would have expected him to look based on how Drax looks. No, I think they changed aspects of the character, didn't they? So they have to have some. Yeah, but the makeup makes him look nothing like Dave Batista. No, it looks completely different. Even though it's the same shape, head, nose and everything. Yeah, he's completely transformed. Mm. I think it might be partly the eyes. Because mm. he's yeah, got definitely. very, very deep brown eyes, hasn't he, in real life? Yeah, you can't really see that here. Mm. It's not too, like, Spectre, for example, or if you watch him, you know, MMA and other sort of films that he's done, you don't really notice. Obviously, he here in, he's got he the... was in the opening scene of Blade Runner 2049. He's got the blue contact lenses in here, so... Yeah. He's really good in that. I actually think there's a decent actor in that guy. Yeah, no, he's really good, definitely. Just needs a chance to show it. Mm. But I think Drax is, is the perfect role. And he, he does that really well. That he, you know, obviously doesn't get the concept, a concept of humour. And he's like, it just goes straight over me. Again, I was a bit worried at this stage because there's a coldness to his look and he's going on quite harshly about, you know, his wife being slaughtered and stuff. I, I worried where this was taking the film. Yeah, it does kind of go in directions that you wouldn't associate the typical comic book movie. Mm. I think that's really good. It's a bold move. This stuff is great when you start trying to explain, like, the symbolism of, like, putting a line across your throat. Yeah. And he goes, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're up to, Becca. He's just pinned Gamora to the wall. And oh, he's yes. got a knife to her throat. Yeah, a few seconds ahead. Yeah, it's quite a tough scene. You just think, oh. 
if you pause it when the scene changes, we'll tell you when the scene finishes, if you like. It's up to you. It's okay. Stab me with a fork. There was a period where Zoe Saldana was really, really big as well. Yeah, she was in quite a few things. Yeah. But she was being cast in slightly smaller stuff as well for the name recognition, like The Losers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She was... Um, there was Star Trek first, then Avatar. Well, she would have shot Avatar first because of the digital work. But yeah, Star Trek, Avatar, then this. About a four or five year period with a Star, a Star yeah. Trek sequel in between as well. And she did like a Luke Besson action film. Are you on about the losers? Was that a no, no, no? She did um, uh, Columbia. Oh yeah, that film's gone. Kind of got lost to time now. Yeah, I remember it at the time now. Yeah. Though. Oh, it, 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 it's very, it's very poor, but yeah, it would have added it would have added like more name kind of. In some respects, a couple oh, of very yeah. a couple of early efforts from Luke Besson has given him a career he didn't really deserve. Mm. Because Nikita's all right, and then Leon's good, and then like virtually everything he's done shit since has been dreadful. I'm just looking back. So she was in, yeah, going back just before that, she was in Vantage Point. That's a good film. It's fucking not. <laughs> I enjoyed it. No, I, I think uh, it's, 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 it's one of those concepts that like it stands up to scrutiny. But I like the way it is shot and the way it's filmed. It's just but that. it's one of those things if you overanalyze it, it and if you do, it's a high it's concept it. film. It's like it works for people. Uh, yeah, high concept. Yeah, it, it works for people who've got no concept of cinema history because people were coming out of that and going, "What clever idea!" And it's like, well, no, it's not really clever. But I just in terms of a good film, I, I like the way it's shot and the way it's filmed. Um, yeah, plot-wise. Mm. And it had too many loops as well. It had too many time loops. Yeah, too many holes. By the end, it was like, I've had enough of this now. Uh, what else was she in? Let's have a look. Live by Night. Still haven't got round to seeing that yet. Mm. Nina. She played Nina Simone. I haven't seen that. Oh. Columbiana, that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird film. I haven't seen it. Dorothy yeah, maybe, maybe avoid it. Megaton, who did he did some of the Taken films? Yeah, he's got a great, he's basically got a great name he, he, he he did the shit Taken film. He, I don't think he's actually directed a good film. No, he did the copy Taken film. Three, Transporter Three. Maybe so Megaton. basically, he's Luke. He's Luke Besson's Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He doesn't want to be. But he he's shockingly bad. Like I don't think he's actually made anything that's actually decent at all. Yeah, I mean, it's all like choppily edited and he keeps giving action films where like you can't direct action well it's not just that it's the fact that the trouble is he's a, if you're going to do two different cuts of a film and you say well we'll do a harder cut at home mm. you can't mm. cut it in the cinema so it makes no sense I mean in Liam Neeson in one of the Taken films kills someone by sitting them down <laughs> and in the harder cut you realise they've speared their head on something yeah so, first proper look at Thanos. We had a side look at his face at the end of the Avengers. Now we've got a speaking part, and it is Josh Brolin this time. Um, still a sort of middle effort. His face is sort of pinker by the time we get to Infinity War. But this is sort of getting close to the final look for him. I mean, we still really don't have much of an idea of like who he is, really. No, not at all. Other than the fact he's just really dominant, like dominant figure, he's can be quite cruel. Yeah. 
Absolutely. We'll have to see with Captain Marvel, but obviously Ben Mendelsohn plays a Cree in that. But early Buzz is he's very good, but I am sick of seeing him playing the same fucking character all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's been yeah. a bit um, podcast now, hasn't he? It's only because he's so talented. <clears throat> if he was less decent an actor, it wouldn't bother me. I'd just go, well, that's he's, what he he's does. Done, you know, he's done a quite a few handful of like, nicer roles where he plays more it, sympathetic characters. It's like Mark Strong eight or nine years ago. He kept playing mm. the same role all the time, and it was just like, you're better than this. Mark Strong was fucking villain du jour for about two or three years. Yeah, he was. British villain du jour. Yeah. And he's better than that. It only bothers me because he's better. He was originally <coughs> oh, Bond 25, but things have changed since then. Oh, I'd love him to be a part of Even if he played the Bond villain. Oh, oh, was he actually going to be in that? Cool. Or has that changed? Well, he, he tweeted and then withdrew a tweet where he sort of hinted at Bond 25 while he was doing a workout regime. But that was a long time ago. We've gone through a couple of... Well, we've gone through, we've gone through one director since then and that was before Danny Boyle was even on board. Uh, if you want to get cast in a Bond film, just win an Oscar because they, they'll just jump on the fun fucking bandwagon <laughs> and try and get you involved. Fucking laziest casting studio I've ever seen. Hopefully Olivia Coleman for Bond 25. Well, she won't be, yeah. She <laughs> hurry up. Well, Jane Bond. Apparently Rami Malek is nearly a done deal and you just think, it, he might be brilliant because he was superb in that film. And he, he, no, so in that case. But I've just, got, I've just got a philosophical problem with Eon just going, what's who's hot What's popular, right douche? Sure. They're just lazy. I kind of get the feeling where if, if he'll be the villain, it won't be They really Japan. hard when it comes to casting Bond them himself. I mean, even though they knew they wanted Daniel Craig, they still interviewed like 200-odd people and mm. did like a worldwide search. But when it comes to all the other roles, they just stunt casting galore. They're so lazy, it really fucking grips my shit. I mean, it it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's as long as you have a good script and, and good characters draw from, then just having then going to like and like did current Oscar winner just like yeah fine if if it's yeah that's the point the trouble is it'll probably it'll probably work out really well mm. but I just don't think the ends justify the means it's how we ended up with fucking Halle Berry and stuff like that who's hot right now and you think the last three films they've got recent villain Oscar winners mm. Javier Bardem Christoph Waltz and now this guy. And you just think, well, you'll be able to predict who the next Bond villain is by seeing who wins Best Supporting Actor about a year before. Yeah. It's tired and lazy. Yeah, it'll be uh, the guy from Greenbook, won't it? <laughs> Probably. Mahashala Ali mm. wouldn't be a bad call, actually. I'm not saying they can't cast Oscar winners or big people, but I just think suddenly it's being talked about. And you think, well, this story's existed in some form for a while. He'd be brilliant. In, in the DiCaprio? Bond, He's he's in Oscar winner now. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I don't, is, know, is, is, is he too big for Bond? Maybe. No. Too big a star. Nah, of course he's not. Especially when you're doing like a one-off as well. It's, it's mm. not. Oh, that's true. Glenn Close. Oh, I'd love Glenn Close to do something <laughs> like that. We'll see. We'll she, see. She, she, she could she could be the American M. It's yeah. good. <laughs> like what Michael Madsen was meant to be. <laughs> so the previous so the previous guy chain smoked. Could you get me some Bensons? It wasn't being H please, love. Yes. Yeah, I kind of get this feeling where if Monica is cast, then I don't think they'll go for 
Shatterhand. I don't want them to anyway, because it's yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like, "Mm." and plus, obviously, Bolt said he's not going to be in it. Well, if they go for Shatter, if they go for Shatterhand, they've got to continue the fucking Blofeld story again, and Mm. I'll be happy if they never cast Blofeld ever again. Yeah, he'd leave it alone. So, if you're going to do Spectre, do it properly over several films. Don't just shoot your load first time out because you're Mm. so excited to have the rights back. Exactly, they were like, "Quick, he's died. We must." Well, I'm about to rewatch all the Connery ones. They teased Spectre in an era where franchises weren't a thing and long-form storytelling wasn't a thing, and yet they teased Spectre over six fucking films. They do it really well, and plus, when we do see him, you don't... You know, he's hidden behind a screen. Yeah, they didn't just go, Spectre! Uh, Blofeld! Oh, look, here he is. We've got the rights. Quick, do they, it now. Oh, it's just... It's just... They've blown it. They've blown their one shot with the rights they without shot their it for a while. Talking of British TV, the guy there was in... He was in an early series of Spooks. Oh, he was, wasn't he? That's true. Yeah, he dated what she called his character. I forgot about him. Yeah. It's one of those where, like, the background cast and the sporting cast are really, really good. Like, really Marcus Towns- um, Townsend as well. Um, he's been in lots of stuff. Who? Um, the Fifth Element comes to mind, but he's done lots and lots since. Yeah. So. It's never good when the Fifth Element comes to mind. <laughs> It's, it's one of my guilty pleasures, unfortunately. Hey, you like what you like, Becca. I don't, I don't mind that you like it. It's fine. I found it virtually unwatchable, though. That's a bit dodgy. I, I'd never watch it again. I literally would never watch it's one of those it. Films again. You never see, you see it again. But it's, yeah, Gary Oldman hams it right up. Well, it, it started, and I thought this is visually interesting, and then I started to get a bit bored. And by the time again, Luke Chris, By the time Chris Tucker turned up, I wanted to fucking throw my TV at him. <laughs> couldn't watch it again. He's really I annoying. I couldn't watch it again. Really annoying. I couldn't put myself through it. Nothing it's really weird. I like a stand-up, but like when he's done those um, the films he did with like with Jackie Chan, I was just like, oh, so annoying character. Yeah, but there's a long history of stand-ups not working on film. Mm. But it's, it's a comedian, hilarious. It's all right when they play a little bit against type. You know what I mean? You know, thinking of small mm, roles definitely. like sort of George Carlin was in Bill and Ted and stuff that worked okay. Well, even though what was it? Chris Tucker was in that. Um... Uh, what do you call um, Silver Linings Playbook? Oh yeah, I've and, he, and, he, that. And, he, and he and he wasn't comedic on that, so he, you know that was kind yeah. of like an oddball kind of. Yeah. Without the sound, this seems going on a bit too long. Just a little Press bit. A break. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing what sound does. It, it's not a bad discipline, actually. We've learnt this over a lot of commentaries now that you should always try and watch a cut with the sound off. Mm-hmm. If you're a sort of director or editor or whatever, and just go because it would you'd cut a lot out of films because you just go without any sound to boy this along. This this is actually taking too long, and things like why is it taking them so long to get to the door and things like that. Ridley Scott, when he did the director's cut of Adrian, a- Aliens, he, he Adrian's? cut like, Aliens. Yeah, he cut. He cut <laughs> it, it was two minutes shorter with an extra scene added because he was saying that like you see sequences and it, and it is like why is it taking them so long to get to the door there or whatever, and it was just cutting frames here and there of just completely superfluous things. Just shaving bits off here and there. Yeah, that's what he did. So he he managed to get more into the film and make it two minutes shorter.
I think this sort of stuff is probably why I don't watch rewatch the film this this that often because this stuff's going on a bit. It's just got a caper feel. The yeah. start of the, the start of the prison break's really good because it's funny, with like fucking Groot setting everything off, you know, while they're not looking and things like that. Uh, yeah, this is like the gag where he goes back for his tape. Yeah. Yeah, so you, do you think Rami Malek's going to basically play like a Mark Zuckerberg type villain? Is that, that oh, the angle? I've no idea. Him? I've no idea. I don't know what the script's going to be. My worry is, my my worry is actually more that they play up the slightly sort of I don't know. CD's not the word. Um, no, Campy. Not, um, wimpy. Maybe maybe wimpish. I'm worried he's going to be like Dominic Green. Villain who can't fight. Yeah. And doesn't know how to fight. That's what I'm worried. I'm worried because Dominic Green was, a, you know, played by a wonderful fucking award-winning actor. Oh. But he was really good, though. Not in that film, he wasn't. Well, no, but generally as an actor, he is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just casting an Oscar winner don't mean he's going to be right or that the concept of the character... He's quite creepy, though, as the villain in Quantum. Shit. <laughs> um, it wasn't very effective as he, I mean, he was a sleazeball. By all means, Considering he was the middleman, feel, feel whatever you like about him, but I thought he was dreadful. I thought the whole concept of the character was weak. Mm, no, fair enough. Oh well, he, well to, he wasn't surrounded by decent henchmen. Like no. his, hench, his henchmen, like looked even it's, weeded and heeded. That's the point, you know. It's yeah. Like, well, you can cast those sorts of people. That's fine, but like, what are you going to put around them? It yeah. Was See, if, if he had like um, um, a Hinks. Yeah, definitely. Then it will be like, oh, there's my muscle. They had Elvis, which is more like the comedy, yeah. comedy henchman. Oh, yeah, and all the build-up, he was being interviewed and saying, Elvis has a secret. Just turned out to be a wig. <laughs> turned out a secret, is he? Where is a wig? It just, they didn't have any time with that film. It was just ill thought through. I don't I don't hate Quantum at all, but like the villains were weak. It's a victim of a circumstance. I, I, I do like the concept, though. Well, that's the thing that gets me. I do like the idea. The idea yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. I think I think the Craig era was was going in a better direction then. Yeah, but there you go. Just one of those things. It, it really does all rest on Bond twenty five now, Craig's legacy. Because if Bond twenty five's crap, his era will have been a waste. Mm. He'll have still done two classics, which isn't a bad return in, in the public's eyes. But it still will have been a waste. Fourteen years and five films for that. Particularly when he started so strong. Particularly it's with potential. Like... It's, the, it's the potential as well. He could have had like at five, six really solid entries. I mean, the thing is, two classics isn't that bad a return. But when you think the first one was one of them, it had like his third and fourth films been really good. Mm. And they've been like a drop. You know, he built to like the third and fourth being really good. And then the fifth one may be a bit of a drop away, but you'd go not so bad. But the first one was so good. So in four films, if, if 25 isn't that good, in the four films that followed, there's only one that the public really, really like. Well, that's Skyfall, though, isn't it? It is Skyfall, yeah. 
And whether we like it or not, Skyfall is one of the named Bond films, and it's one of the two he'll be remembered for, and a lot of people think it's his best. They're wrong, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Skyfall is kind of like taking it as that's his Bond. And we think, but Casino Real so much better. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. Still, at least we all got to wank off over the DB5. <laughs> we all love it, don't you know. Yeah, love it. Brilliant. At least we finally got like a a, a plot and a, and a villain that had that makes no fucking sense. Mm. Excuse my creak, uh, creaky chair. I never wanted this villain at all as a concept or execution. Kind of a coolish look. The problem is he's so regimented. Um, yeah. I mean, his very nature is very much like fundamental, like... Um, he's a henchman anyway. Yeah. Well... Yeah. But I, I was starting to despair by this stage of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, though, like 14 films in or whatever it was, or 13 films. Yeah. I oh, know this is a couple before, isn't it? But 10 films in or whatever it happened to be. And they'd done one decent villain and he was an anti-hero anyway in Loki. Mm. It's still not something they're that good at. And we were going to cover Civil War next week and the villain is the least memorable bit of it. But... But then, but then again, you think the good, probably the good thing about Civil War is the the lack of. That's not what it's about anyway. Yeah. That film, to be fair, but what I'm saying is, it, it's always the weakest mm. element of almost every Marvel film. Mm. Now, who is that actor Yondu's talking to? Because oh, that's I uh, Olivia Love Bond. I feel like he's been in like kids tv and shit like that in this country oh, we might have done that. so so who, who's which actor? the one john do was just talking to the guy oh yes i know what you mean is. um i'm gonna look through the cast and see if i can place him he's been in a few different things it does look familiar the, christopher fairbank that's the one he was in Batman. I think he was one of the villains on the roof at the start of the film. Uh-huh. Have a look. Yeah, where Batman, you know, gives it, I'm Batman. That is, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't do that, Becca. <laughs> but he was in, he was in, he's been in like Bergerac and Casualty and stuff like that. Bergerac. Yeah. He was in The Professionals as Billy. Uh, Prime Suspect 3 oh, Alien okay. 3 He was in Alien 3 He's in Fifth remember. Element Your favourite Becca the Episode of Inspector Moore A couple of really? episodes of Silent Witness uh, yeah, yeah that was the guy So that's we've yeah, seen he's everything, everything He's been everywhere Alvida's ain't pet Oh god of course He's in a pirates film. Oh god, that's where I'm ever. from. Our feeder scene, I think. What else? Yeah, he's 
got a quite. He would be, yeah. He would have been someone who would have just like popped up here and there. You yeah. were like, you just see him all the time. Yeah. And then layered under makeup, you think, who's that? Oh, yeah. Who's a villain? Who? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize he was the uh, in the first the Batman end. film. He was one of the guys on the roof at the start. Yeah, of the film. he would. He would have been the guy who got kicked. I think. Yeah. Borgen, really? Let's go back and watch that. Yeah, he's he's the, like mm-hmm. kind of like the guy with the kind of hidden. He looks Becker's really ill. Spend the rest of the film just naming random stuff this guy did. I'm really surprised that he was in Borgen. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Whatever. That's such a good show. What's, what's Borgen? So it's a Danish um, TV series um, about a woman who becomes PM, and it's all about kind of the, the trials and tribulations that that she faces. Um, but the actress who plays her is primarily known has um, been like a, a comedian, sort of comedic actress appearing in, in comedy films. So it's kind of a bit of a not one of the, like first serious roles, but like first major serial serious roles that she's done. Um, but I highly recommend it. Really good it series. Because I can't see it on this list. Oh, um, I scroll right the way down the list. It was a few years a few years ago now. Uh, this is Borgen. Borgen. Twenty ten to twenty thirteen. So it's a few years ago now. Uh, it was on BBC Four, but it's available on DVD and Blu-ray. Are we looking at the same list? Because I can't even see it. Oh no, I just looked on um, IMDb. App. Yeah, I'm on IMDb. I, I went quite a long way. Along Christopher the list. Christopher Fairbank. I'm looking at his list now. It's not on there. Ah, oh, okay. Maybe I looked up a different one. But no, I just literally googled Borgen. So. Okay. I'm looking at perhaps a different actor. Okay, so. <laughs> Becca's big takeaway is some other actor was in something else we haven't seen with someone we've never heard of. <laughs> That's fun, folks. Is it Fairbank or Fairbanks? Christopher Fairbank. Okay. Just find him on the Guardians list. Yep, I did. This scene here, he's, he's like about to play some music to, um, to Gamora. This is one of the few scenes. This is one of the scenes where the 3D was actually quite impressive for once for a Marvel film. Probably because it's all animated, what's behind them, and it's easier to do in animation than live action. But it actually gave the film some scale because Marvel's 3D uh, efforts were fucking dreadful most of the time. Or, Or they were just massively underwhelming. They made no effort with it. I mean, Iron Man 3. The big sort of sky rescue looked quite good, and then the rest of the film was just like it's like they forgot it completely. But this film actually worked pretty well in 3D. Well, 3D in general, everyone's kind of a bit whatever about it now, aren't they? Well, yeah, they are because it was missold. Yeah, the technology's awkward. No one wants to sit wearing glasses, and I'm sorry if you say it's blurry as well. Yeah, but if you try and sell every- and you reduce light, but if you try and sell everything as wow, the moment people don't go wow, you're killing the technology. James Cameron had it right. It's about immersion. That's all it is. And until you can automate the technology, because actually, three if three D was automated, i.e., you could see it just sat watching TV or whatever, and there was no light loss and there were no problems. And people who had depth perception problems or could only see in one eye could see it in 2D normally. Mm. No one would say switch that off. 3D is not fundamentally an unpleasant thing. It isn't. It's perfectly fine. It's only the fact that they threw money on the ticket costs to put you in a screen with less light, a pair of glasses on, 
and an end effect that was like lazy and fucking pointless. Whenever it was done with any care and love, it used to look quite nice. It was nice in things like nice Life of Pi. But don't try and sell it as a wow factor because we see everything in 3D in life. Mm. And we're not inherently excited by it. I used to always forget that it was in 3D at times, and that was the thing. You just go, well, what's yeah. the point if I keep forgetting that? But it's meant to be about how your brain stores mm. memories and stuff. Again, you're looking for a wow factor. You're looking for a killer shot, and that's not what 3D ever should have been sold as. And actually, the scene I've just said, the 3D was nice here, was a quiet talking scene. I just thought yeah. it was nice and gave it some scale. And they always sold it on the wrong things. Like, everyone banged on about the 3D and gravity. Well, I always think you need... 3D always looked best to me when you could see the ground mm. because it, it inherently showed the depth. So it worked well on water as well. It worked really well in, like, Life of Pi. In space, there was no fucking reference. So it, it, the, the, the 3D and gravity did absolutely nothing for me at all. I think it's not too bad if, if it is like something like Avatar, like an occasional experience. Whereas you say it has been done properly. Yeah. Um, but I, it kind of just... just stop looking for wow. That's not mm. what it is. I mean, I mean, it kind of works when it's something gimmicky. Like if you're going to see like a, a slasher film where you know it's going to be like lots of lots of shots with things flying at you. Then yeah. fine, because it's it, 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 it's that kind of thing. But when it's thrown on every other blockbuster, you think I'm not seeing many opportunities where you're gonna like we it's gonna advance any any of the film at all. It's not gonna really give you anything. I think people just got bored of it. Yeah, but you don't walk around in life saying this 3D is not adding anything to my experience. Exactly. Do you? It's just how we see things. Mm. So if you could replicate that in film without all the faff and trying to stiff people for money, then you wouldn't have a problem. That's the problem. Avatar hit big and then they just did lazy retrofits on everything that looked mm. fucking terrible. And it they killed the format for themselves. And of course, the other thing is things like that tend to have to be consumer led. You can't just tell the public that's something they want. It's like well, no one really has 3D TVs anymore, do they? No, because 4K doesn't tend to have it. Yeah. No, that kind of died to death. Yeah. But then Avatar 2 will be released, you know, and if that's popular, oh. it suddenly people will be like, they'll try again. Yeah. I think 3D is basically yeah. a fad. So just to clarify to listeners, Christopher Purbank was indeed in Borgen. <laughs> I sent you a photo. Yeah. No, I actually I still had to double check because that wasn't proof it was the same guy, but I'm re really carefully reading his filmography now. You have to scroll of... quite a long way along. Right by Jack the Giant Slayer. <laughs> Whatever happened to uh, Brian Singer? <laughs> yeah, I wonder about that. Maybe we'll cover it if we do the X-Men movies. Well, we will at some point. Well, I wonder if we should now. Why? Although we've done Superman, so. Yeah, but that was before all this. Uh, yeah. X-Men's not high up my to-do list anyway, but no. like, I've got nothing against covering it. 
it's quite low. <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually looking forward to see how shit the uh, the new <laughs> the new one is. Oh Christ! Yeah. Oh. Years of reshoots. Awful. I don't mind doing X Men at some point, and particularly now when, whilst it very much looks like he's guilty of some very dodgy things, he's not been found guilty of anything. You know, I'm not, put it this way: I could understand not doing a Roman Polanski season. <laughs> mm, definitely. Um, but things like Woody Allen, I, I, I'm still like, we wouldn't do that because it's not what we are. But I, I still don't really have a problem watching one of his films because. These things were looked at, looked at in court, and he's never been found guilty of anything. Now, if I'm wrong to feel that way, then I can only kind of apologise, but I don't feel the need to boycott him. Well, if I was a working actor, though, I wouldn't be going out of my way to work with him either. Yeah. So I wouldn't be going out of my way to do a series. But if there was a film release that everyone said was amazing and it happened to be Woody Allen, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's you, all historical you, as well, isn't it? Really, you, you, it's not. It's not an excuse. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to separate the art from the person. It is a little bit different with Roman Polanski, though. He fucking anally raped a thirteen-year-old yeah. girl. Mm. Um, but even then, my distaste for for watching his films is fairly recent. Because until the last couple of years, I was like, yeah, I'll still watch a Roman Polanski film, and then I actually read some details of the case, and I thought. No, I can't just. Makes you think. Makes you think twice. But, but even then, it's almost like looking forward. I won't. Do you know what I mean? Mm. A couple of his. If I've if I've loved a film from somebody that's historically the case, then I still love that film, and you can't undo that. Yeah. But I'm not desperate to watch anything new from him. Put it that way. I mean, I I always do because I think I think Hollywood in general has a lot of seedy shit behind it. Uh, I'm not, you know. Yeah, but there is... individuals, you know, there's always producers yeah. and, and shit, so it's, you know... It's whether you have plausible deniability, though. We know lots of shit goes on, but we don't know the truth of things. Well, exactly. That's my, po- that's my point with Woody Allen. I'm not saying he's innocent, I'm not saying that at all. He might not be, but he might not be, because there's, there, there are, you know, different sides to that story, mm. and there are one of the other stepchildren has, has painted Mia Farrow in a very different light. And I'm not actually pointing any fingers. I'm just saying, well, uh, in that environment, I've just got to say, I don't know. Mm. But with Roman Polanski, you can read what happened. And she was 13. Yeah. And, and it's just like, for years I went, I've got to separate the man from the art. And now I'm I'm not so sure. You know, he's evaded justice for about four decades now. And on that cheery note, no. <laughs> yeah, on that cheery note. So Ronan's arrived. Ronan's arrived. To yeah, speaking it. of cheery notes. <laughs> oh dear. No, look, 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 to be fair, on, on Hollywood, I mean, there's, you know, we there's always tons of shit, especially with a lot of things, people like Harvey Weinstein and, and shit like that. So do we like not see any of the films he, he's produced? Um, and I'm sure there's loads of people who we don't even know about. So, you know. It, it it is difficult, you know. It is difficult. Uh, so but you're gonna have to just accept it for what it is. I think and... yeah, it, it, it's difficult with things like Miramax, isn't it? Because yeah. there were so many collaborators and collaborators, writers, filmmakers, actors, everything else mm. involved in those films. The fact that there was an inveterate fucking bully and rapist behind it all, I, it's 
it's a little bit different when it's it, in some respects it's somewhat different when it's a director because that's so directly their vision and mm. their their creativity and you think now I think about it the fact Roman Polanski's got been given money to make films for so many years is a bit of an outrage really won Oscars yeah, yeah. which he, he can't even go and, and expect and, 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 and you had like everyone applaud when he won it yeah, you literally like you know yeah, we 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 go about the clip when he when he was now. But in that case, I I don't know how I would feel, and this is controversial. I don't know how I'd feel if he'd saved served a sentence. Yeah, because you think, well, the whole point of serving any kind of sentence is you've paid your debt to society, mm. and you think, well, people who have committed crimes still have to work. I don't know how I would feel then. I would find it deeply distasteful. But yeah. I would probably defend his right to work if anyone wants to hire him. Yeah. But the fact is he evaded justice. He evaded completely. And he's he's lived places without, you know, extradition treaties for for a long time. Yeah. Look, the way the way I look, the way I see it is um I think it's perfectly fine to watch his work, like what mm-hmm. watch anyone's work for that matter. Yeah. Um because it, you know, they, it is art, and you're allowed to like see whatever yeah. you want. And I you wouldn't can, judge anyone that did. Yeah. I can also understand with certain. But you can still condemn the man. You know, you can still say content. You're like, I don't know. I think it's just like, 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 like Kevin Spacey, what, right? Out, well, I think if a Roman Polanski films comes out, I don't desperately want to see it because Roman Polanski. But I have to say, if it came out to the most unbelievable buzz in the world, might I crack and go? Well, it's just a film. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like with um, Spacey, like, you know, I mean, is anyone seriously not going to watch, like, Usual Suspects or Seven or American yeah. Beauty or or, yeah. or anything like that? I mean, he'd still say, yeah, he was a really good actor and, and yeah. re- really good at this and that, but still say, but what a shit human being, <laughs> you know? You can't rewrite it. I mean, I was reading stuff the other day about, you know, people boycotting Michael Jackson's music, and I don't, I don't quite understand that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to fair in, in Michael Jackson's case, personally, I'm a bit skeptical of of the claims myself. I mean, I know it's like I know the usual term like no smoke without fire, but it just seems to be a bit too lenient on the fact I, that he was a bit weird. I will watch. I will watch that film with an open mind. It's out fairly soon. Yeah, um, but you know, even if you took the leap and said he did it. Let's just take that leap and said he did it. If if you've always, you know, the thing about music particularly is it's part of the fabric of our life and memories. Mm. You know, if you if your first dance with somebody, you know, that you fell in love with, or the song you danced to at your wedding was mm. by somebody who turned out later to have done something really distasteful, yeah. you can't erase that from your own personal history. It's 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 tied up in your own life and memories as well. And I think that's true of some films as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the complexities of life. Atrocious yeah. people can make something beautiful and yeah. something worthwhile, and that and that's the mm. the complications and you know. The added wrinkle with Miramax is even the studio took a very bullying stance as well. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, they that didn't up, help at all, did it? Really? They, they aggressively chased Oscars in a way that was kind of distasteful. I mean, the whole studio started as like these cool upstarts and ended up as kind of bullies. And they, you know, he he ruined a lot of people's work as well with, you know, just cutting it however he fucking felt like. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, but most of Tarantino's early output is Miramax. Um, And had we never done the Tarantino series and we're talking about it now, I'd still cover it. Mm. Yeah, sort of Miramax doesn't quite have the same, because as you say, it's not like one person's vision, is it? No. So. No, exactly. It would, I mean, the, the film's not very good anyway, but it's just the first one to mind. It would be an odd thing to suddenly decide you were going to boycott Shakespeare in Love now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, boycott it because it's shit. <laughs> if you're going to have a reason. Okay, so we're just at the point in the film where he get, he's about to get out into space and save Gamora, basically. So, Becca's probably on the end credits by now, but... Nearly. <laughs> uh, he's literally just getting out of his craft now. I mean, I must admit, when I first saw it, it did take me out. I thought, like, how how is he surviving in space? Like, it's just a bit too much of a... Mm. No, obviously they kind of explain that later on in the next film. Well, watch, watching this as a commentary with the sound off, has really, really hit home to me that it's not the film I love, it's the characters. Because mm. most of this film feels very so what now, actually. I think it was just a fresh blast of energy and the characters and the nerve of the studio to make it that took me. Yeah. Because most of this is not fucking drawing me that much. It will still rank fairly high, by the way. But now I'm looking at it, again, there are better films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than this. Whether there are better characters and better setups is a different matter yeah but there was once a time this would probably have been in my top two or three and i don't think it's going to be quite that high it's it's not actually that good and i think so i think the first one is a little bit over, under overrated and i think the sequel might be a bit underrated from memory yeah um because you get a lot of like you get a lot of learned critics on social media saying, you know, really intellectual things like the second one was dog shit, dude. Um, uh, yeah, and really I think thought, they're talking really, out their ass for really that. But... Thought, really thought, well thought through arguments. But mm. I remember it being a much more consistent film because the third act of this film's not that good. The third act of the second one's good. Yeah. It well, had a bit more heart, but th- what it didn't have was obviously the blast. This film does benefit from novelty factor. Mm. It really does. So it's it's oddly I think even when you compare just um, the soundtracks uh, of each Guardians film, they kind of like uh, they, they do match what the film themselves are like. Because this one, the, the soundtrack to this is a, a greatest hits. You know, it, 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 it's it's got all like the big popular stuff in it, and you know, it, it, it's kind of fun, easy going. Uh, the second one isn't so much; it's a bit more thoughtful. Um, it's a bit more like sort of thought about like some themes and that it's, it isn't just like you know stick it on at a party and and have a good time. Uh, but, right, the, but, but, but there was a bit more meaning well, behind it. If you know what I mean? I say, so no, I say you're right. What I'm actually saying is I'll take your word for it because I've never really thought about it in that yeah. regard. But having said that, because it was almost repeating the trick of the first film in that like very similar tone, just some different songs. Mm. It did. It did first off feel like it, there was a lot less um, invention in it. Well, if you think about it, there was less 
there wasn't the songs they picked wasn't like oh oh this is a popular this is gonna get there was a there was a couple but there was a bit more like nuance like the repeated um, Fleetwood Mac for example because that had like a sort of a nuance about it and then he had uh, Brandy uh, had the chain Bra- yeah 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 Brandy which just, had, which to British people is Formula One music yeah yes but he had like Looking Glass with Brandy and Father and yeah. Son and both of them are quite poignant in the film. So yeah. they are. Actually, looking at it, I think I, might, definitely. I think I might have accidentally used uh, the trailer for the show we're recording now. I think I might have used the wrong film. I think I may have used something from. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. It's all right. It's all right. I need to just check. I will just double check that because I, I thought I'd use flashlight, but I'm not sure. I'll have to check. But yes, I'll pick, I will pick something. I used Fool Around and Fell in Love on the first version. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I think I think the climax film takes a bit too long. I it was just a bizarre experience because I walked out of this film going, Christ, what a year mm-hmm. Marvel have had. I think this came second. I think Winter Soldier came first. If I've remembered that correctly, I thought, Christ, what a year they've had, those two. But for the last half hour of the film I was bored fucking stiff. Truly. I, I really, even it, I keep running into this problem with action at the end of films. We we know I do, but this is like the poster boy example. It's one of the worst act threes I've ever seen in a very good film. Um, the only saving grace was they kept cutting to the inside of the ship, and when when we got like our main crew, that was those bits were okay. Mm. You just want to spend time with like the guardians. Yeah, it's all this firing up at the sky again shit. I just didn't care. And it, it just I thought it betrayed such a such an inventive film. Just switching to this mm. usual third act shite. Um and yet there's so many action films I've enjoyed and there's so many films that are laced with action all the way through that I've enjoyed. We're doing Mission Impossible after this series and you're not going to hear a lot of, oh, it's just rote action from now on from me. You just won't. So I think, yes, the problem is slightly inherent to me, but it's actually a facet of like shit filmmaking. Actually, I just think I just think filmmakers go right. Act three, what action sequences? And that's it. And it's lazy and poor. It it happens quietly. It's not just Marvel. I mean, no, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's not at all. Yeah, not even predominantly Marvel, but it's just the way f- it's just a tradition of the way films are structured, and I just almost feel like that tradition massively needs challenging. Somebody needs to come along and like rewrite the grammar of these films almost. But then you have like a film like Spectre where it just goes, I don't know, just have him on a boat and can you just shoot a helicopter. Yeah, a, a black <laughs> helicopter in a dark sky. That'll sort it out. Um, <laughs> So I guess, you know, you have that. <laughs> it always worked fairly well in the Star Wars films where they intercut, you know, two or three different action sequences. And, like, and, it's sort of built up, and then they cut it to a certain rhythm of score that just actually worked. Mm. And I think they're sort of trying to do this here because you've got a little bit of them cutting from the ship to outside the ship and so on. But 
it, it doesn't work. And <clears throat> I just get tired of it. I just get so, so tired of films doing that, just switching off and just becoming really uninspired action for the last 25 minutes or whatever it might might be. Mm. It's just ruined more films than I can count. So what would it what would it that make that would fix it for you? Well, I don't know because there's so many films where it wasn't a problem. So I I don't know that I don't know if I understand the the language of acting cinema. Is enough it to like lack of narrative because like nothing happens really other than just like just action? It does feel like the IQ of the film just completely collapses while they go. Oh, let's just keep them happy with some car chases or whatever it might yeah. be. Let's let's and, just have like some. Um, yeah. uh, done properly, it works though because I just said car chases, and then naturally you think of the fast films. And actually, in the better fast films, it wasn't a problem. The end of five, it wasn't a pro- problem. The end of even the end of six with the stupid thirty-eight mile fucking runway, that wasn't a problem because it had just built up so much goodwill and there was an urgency to it. But then go and watch Fast Seven, where it's fucking vehicular warfare in downtown LA, and that's ludicrous and dull. It, it really does depend on the film. Well, you do have like Statham and Vin Diesel su- um, su- survive a, a car park being demolished. Uh, I just, I think sometimes I feel like the film has been written around an action idea, and yeah. that's it. And actually, but even that's not quite a valid or cohesive complaint because. I think that is how the Mission Impossible films are written, and they're no worse for it. Yeah. So I'm struggling to even articulate the problem. I just know I get tired. Well, and that's, Mar- not, that's a good point. Uh, Fallout, Fallout didn't have that problem. No, didn't you, have the problem at all. Because you have like, you and know, yeah, Tom before they'd even written a script, it was like, right, I want to do helicopters. Well, because so, you have to urgency of the chase. Unless, unless they've written the film cohesively and thought. And the action beat is almost interchangeable, I suppose. That, well, it's helicopters because we decided it was going to be helicopters. And maybe the action then works a bit better because Mm. what the action is is less important than the story that's being told. I don't know. Yeah. But it just gets really dull. And that's that's how I ended up slightly... Well, because I... As you'll remember, listeners, from only about a handful of shows ago, I didn't like Thor The Dark World. But I quite enjoyed it the first time I watched it. And I think a lot of that was I walked out pleasantly surprised that at least Action 3 had tried to do something different. You know, with the little mm-hmm. portals and stuff. Pleasantly surprised. Of course, when you rewatch the film and that novelty's gone, you notice it's crap. <laughs> but I think that was why I was positive about it first time round, though. Because any time a film, you just go, well, at least you've tried to do something different. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've seen films like The Raid, and more specifically The Raid 2, because I think The Raid 2 is a better film. Personally, I think that might be a minority view. But that's just wall-to-wall action all the way through. And I, I forgot to breathe at times watching that film. It was so good. Mm. John Wick is pretty much all action. And in fact, every time he stops and the actor opens his mouth, I want them to go straight back to action again. <laughs> because Keanu Reeves cannot convincingly deliver dialogue in any way that is plausible, but he's an outstanding physical actor, which actually, on balance, makes him a gifted actor. But so it, it isn't inherently the concept of action. It isn't. But act threes in most action films are shit. I think what it is, it's. Uh, I, 
I, I think I think the principal you might you might have already touched on this, but it's uh, I think it's all in the story. They got like the plot, 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 and they're like we're aiming to uh, insert um, set piece, and so they do all the work, and all they left is like with set piece, and you haven't got any yeah. real narrative going through it. An hour just... in te- an, an hour and fifteen into the film, you've told the whole story except the end result. Yeah, yeah. And so then you, you spend so you got set, set piece result to do one plot point, which and is we'll finish weeks. off. You know what I mean? It's like I, th- I think, and I think when you're watching these films, you feel that. Uh, but say when you have something like um, Fallout, Fallout felt like it felt almost non-stop at times. So even like you knew you were, you were at like towards the last sequences, you felt like it could just it could go on theoretically. You know, it never stopped for breath, yeah. and it didn't feel like it didn't feel like oh, this is this is the big climax now. It just felt like the logical. And also, the action's better laced through yeah. the film. They don't do an hour and fifteen minutes of film and then thirty-five minutes of bullshit. They don't. You know, some of the some of the money action sequences in Mission Impossible films are in the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Or like it, midway it's through. Something yeah. about, it's something about the language of of cinema, the language of action cinema, the the way a film is structured that is fundamentally all wrong and no one's challenging it. Now, it's not a question of turning it on its head because the first Blade film got it the other way. The first Blade film shot its load in the first sequence and that was like the best bit of the film by a mile. So it isn't just a question of, well, if you don't want the action at the end, let's put it at the beginning. Yeah. It's it's not that, but it is this two acts of story, one act of so what. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just thinking about set piece and the, and and just like the the you just feel that like the the they, they put the effort in in the story and the plot, and then when it gets to set piece, it's just we'll put the effort in the set piece, and really yeah. you have to think about both. I think as well, quite often. The, the end action sequence is just way too long. Yeah, true. It doesn't need to be like a quarter of the film. You know. Actually, if you watch the average Rocky film, that will give you an idea how long the final action sequence should be, if that's where you want to put it. Mm-hmm. I watched Creed 2 again today, and that's like the, the fights aren't the main point, and they aren't even the bits you really remember. Does that still hold up on there? Creed 2 does, yeah. Yeah. Creed uh, was actually on TV last night. Cool. Um, well, I, did, I didn't sort of watch it obviously because I was working, but uh, but, but it, you still but you still support it. Well, yes. it, 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 it was like on on TV and like you know in people's rooms. It's one of the things like oh, you know I can easily just sit and watch this now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, it stands up pretty well. Both both of them do. It's not. It's no longer quite the emotional experience it was when I first saw it but it's mm. it's very good still oh he's just asked for the eye I like that where he cracks giggling I need the oh I know I really need it <laughs> <laughs> I know I said this on last time we did Guardians but um you know, you'd never know as Bradley Cooper. No. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. I was really surprised. Going it's into actually the film, I, I didn't quite know too much about it, and I was like, oh, really? 
It's a different voice. Mm. But it's not an impression of anything else. It's just a different part of his own vocal range, if you know what I mean. And it totally fits the character, too. He sounds quite different from himself in A Star Is Born as well at times. He's, yeah, he's channeling his inner... Um, Chris uh, Christopherson. Yeah. Inner Chris Christopherson, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. they are very, very similar takes on the character. I watched the two, those two versions about three days apart from each other recently because I hadn't seen the Streisand version. I have now. Yeah, and you thought the Cooper version's better? Yeah, Mars better. Barbara Streisand has an extraordinary voice. She has a, a better voice than Lady Gaga. But, um, but yeah, everything else about the newer one's superior. Everything. That was nice in 3D as well. They're looking they're looking at the plans for the Death Star there. It is Death Star plans pretty much, isn't it? There's a lot of Star Wars in this film. Um But yeah, that, that was nice in 3D. And I love John C. Riley anyway. Even his shit films I tend to forgive him quicker than everyone else. Holmes and Watson? Yeah, I, I think what a wank of Will Ferrell was in it and like poor, poor John C. Riley, I thought. And yet he's equally to blame. Ray Fiennes was in that movie. I really struggle. Ray Fiennes is wasted in it. He's hardly in it. Have you seen it, Becca? No. I just I saw the. Tra- I thought, oh, that'll be. It should be good fun. But then I saw the trailer and was like, no. I I, I remember it being like idea was like uh, around the same time as the Downey Junior one. It was like it was gonna be one of those films where it came out around the same sort of time. All right. But uh, obviously that did never got made. It was shot a long time ago anyway. It was it was shot a couple of years before they released it and they kept dumping it into different slots. They they weren't sure what to do with it. Um, John C. Riley is less irritating in it than Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is all silly facial tics in it. He, you can see he knows he's making shit. Mm. Um, and in some respects, I feel almost a bit sorry for them because they've, they've ended up on set and it's not up to it. And it's like, oh shit, what do we do? I've had more painful experiences. I got through it okay, but it, everything about it was really bad. A lot of it felt forced as well. It feels very forced. Have you ever seen Step Brothers? Yes. Do you know that? Do you remember there's a sequence in that where they're like sleepwalking and making a load of noise and putting things in the fridge and. I don't that remember sort of much thing. about that film. That's a sad. They're, they're, they're sleepwalkers, both of them, and they, they keep causing havoc in their sleep, and they make you know random noises yeah. and stuff like that well it feels it's quite funny in that film or at least i found it quite funny in Holmes and watson there's similar sequences where they're like shouting and mugging and you just oh, it feels really forced it's it's really very very poor uh the work there's a repeating joke about um kelly mcdonald's character of like bringing armies of lovers to mm. the fucking house and they actually look embarrassed every time that joke recurs oh, no. they, they, they all look a bit embarrassed like this scene isn't working you can see it. Well, it, it didn't really sort of make much sense because you had, like, John C. Riley having, like, you know, a hard-on for Queen Victoria. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, but you still, they still have this kind of, like... So you saw lo- it, lo- 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 Yeah, like, love story with, like, you know, with... Um, what's her name? Rebecca... Was it Rebecca... Rebecca... Um, Remain. No. <laughs> Andrews. No. Fucking Frost Nixon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you were in it, Becca. Yeah. I'll oh, shoot. She was a nine-man-free. Oh, Ferguson. Yeah. No. No. 
I might not even. Is it Rebecca? British actress. I'll have to look her up. She, 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 date, she dated. Um, it is Sam Mendes. Yeah. Oh, God, Kate what was her name? She was in Starter for Ten and other things. Oh, God, what was her name? Hall. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. That's it's not it. even a difficult surname. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember her name. Get through all the films because, well, there are only so many. Rebecca Hall, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but see, so you had like. There was no like. You know, it, it was like. Okay, so what gag are they doing? Because they had they they had like this sort of love story bet- between them, playing off that, but at the same time they they're playing the gag that he's got this thing for Queen. You know, it's, I, I'm, it doesn't quite. I know it's a silly comedy, but even with that, it doesn't make sense. No, that was the problem. That that it, it, I mean, they 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 they're there for the launch of the Titanic, and it's like fucking thirty years before, and you just go well, like, I know it's a comedy, but that's lazy. Mm. Um, you've retrofitted a joke. You've retrofitted a plot to a joke, not the other way round. Mm. Um, I smiled twice, and smile is as far as I would go. There, there's a scene where they bond over an autopsy, ghost style. It's a little bit like Swayze and fucking whatever she's called doing the pottery. Um, I half smiled at that. It wasn't funny, but it was just a. Oh, I can see what they're going for there. Uh, and there's like a joke that's a play on drunk texting. They they drunk telegram, so they, they they get really hammered and then they go into like the post office, really pissed off their face, and effectively drunk text this woman, and I smiled at that. That was fairly funny, but you know, fairly being the full extent of it, most of it was painful. And when you watch it, honestly, Will Ferrell's eyebrows are darting up and down all over the place. It's constantly like, how can I work harder to make this funny? Which means he knows he's in shit. And it's a shame because actually it should have been funnier than it was. Yeah. I watched it on Boxing Day, folks. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry freaking Christmas. He enjoys this pain, so you don't have to. Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Ferrell. Um, Ray Fiennes was hardly in it, though. He was, he was only really in a couple of scenes. He was kind of the MacGuffin, and it turned out to be sort of a red herring anyway. That is a lovely shot in 3D as well, and it's one that reminds mm. you of Avatar. You've got floaty bits. That is a beautiful shot in 3D. Even retrofitted 3D, that works. I so love when Vin people Diesel's say thing there. Sorry, go when pe- when people say I am Groot back to him, do you reckon he hears it as really like piss poor like language work or like pidgin English? Does he hear it as where I'm that warty melon? <laughs> Probably. Oh dear. Oh, they're like, what? What are you saying? I. That's a dialect I didn't recognise. Universal translator is broken. Yeah. You know what I think it is, and this is like no, no. Be I mean, honest, not like no, jo- jokey answer. I think I think he. I, I think it's all about like vibes and and, and emotions of, of of how it's said, so rather than the actual the oh. words. So oh, kind of actually, like, what it said, yeah. So like that's but so but it's the way know, it said, and that's how Rocket can understand what he's saying because it's like it, it's it's picking on his vibe, even though all he can say is I am group, but it's he's picking up on 
like on the vibe. Yeah, the, all the on the contact contacts to where it is. It's like, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sure you're right. See, I've never seen the comic, uh, the comic, so I don't know if I am Groot was a language or not. It's all about the tone, so, isn't it? Suddenly, well. Thor can speak it in Infinity War and stuff. Those lessons must have been quite repetitive. <laughs> Just writing "I am Groot" on the blackboard and stuff like that. But then at the end, he says, "We are Groot." So, yeah, yeah, which doesn't make sense as an idea when you think about it. If I am Groot means everything, then we are Groot is meaningless. Means everything else. No, literally, it means nothing because. No, I know, I know. I know. Oh, yeah, that completely just wankers my theory. Though, uh, no, that said, is, you know, what a performance by Vin Diesel. Pardon me, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, well, he voiced Baby Groot as well. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> Baby Groot is, is, is his actual voice. He, he gruffs up for his roles. And and wanking teenager Groot. <laughs> so funny. Um, baby Groot. Yeah, you can imagine that. He, he, yeah, he just talks like that on set, and then they treat it in post. <laughs> I don't have friends. I got family. <laughs> and in post production, they just sort of like just lower it, <laughs> just rough it up a bit, just splice in a bit of Barry White. No one's gonna know any different. Oh, yeah. uh, and Vin Diesel's there watching it going like I, I didn't realise I sounded that gruff I didn't realise I sounded like that <laughs> I just voice like this hello going on too long better when it cuts back to the ship but this fucking action sequence has been going on forever now yeah. I, I, I'm really starting to come to the conclusion that it's a great property rather than a great film. At the time, I thought it was a great film because it just felt so fresh. Well, it, it, it introduced to a new world when you got new exciting characters that you enjoyed hanging around with. Yeah, <clears throat> and I think we all had the same reaction when it cuts to them in Infinity War. Cuts yeah. to a ship, some music kicks, and you go, oh, it's the Guardians, cool. You know, always pleased to see them. Firing up at the sky should be banned in superhero films. It's become so fucking cliched now. It's only pleased it's not like a blue bl- beam. <laughs> blue beam in the sky. Yeah. Do you know what? If that was storyboarded and showed to me, I, w- I think I'd say can that. Film it any other way you like, but not firing up at the sky. I mean, by the time it was in Suicide Squad, you just go, how fucking lazy is this? Well, they're going to completely like, reboot DC now, thing, aren't they? They're going to keep Wonder Woman under Aquaman. Yeah. There was the investor call the other day where Superman was mentioned that they've got plans for. So I don't know. Because I know um, Affleck's now out. He's yes, yeah. yeah. So, running. so obviously they're going to recast. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if that means because in Cavill out as well. 
Or I don't know if that's well. We don't. We don't know yet. now. They, they they are now talking as though they've got plans for Superman. Whether that means the Cavill Superman, I don't know. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to sort of like politely ignore Justice League mm. and kind of like and keep Aquaman and pretend and just kind of like vaguely gloss over gloss over it and just like pretend like it didn't happen. I think it might just take place in multiple time zones, you know, because I think the Batman will be a younger Batman. Yeah. But I don't know that that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be taking place in 2021 or whenever the film's coming out. It'd be interesting to see what they do, but then we don't know. Like I've got fairly high hopes for it because I tend to like Matt Reeves' work. No, I mean in terms of the actual overall vision of what they're going to try and do. I think they'll just stick more standalone. With with just enough of an option left that you can sort of bring it together if they want, I'd be quite happy to see Cavill stay as Superman. Yeah, that might be the wise choice. Actually, just sort of do loads of standalones, maybe a brief cameos here and there or references, and then I don't build build that up and then, then yeah, just do see like, what happens. Yeah. You know, problem is everyone tried to copy Marvel, and we've seen it's failed in every case. The Dark Universe didn't happen. DC hasn't worked. Um, Aquaman was an incredibly divisive film. It, I saw reviews, everything from it's terrific to it's an embarrassment. And I fall square in the middle. I think it's actually a bad film. Very well done, if you like. Mm. I've really enjoyed it. Um, but what Aquaman broadly worked, it did work very well. So we'll get a sequel. Wonder Woman's already filming a sequel. In fact, it's probably wrapped by now. Um, so I mean there's a going concern there and I think the Cavill Superman could still work there's no reason why not but the universe as a whole has not worked it hasn't, the dark universe didn't work and they've tried, I can't remember any of the others but there's been other universes trying to link and, and do things and none of it works you know, because I think no, no exec has yet learned for all the money they earn and all the experience they've got, they don't seem to grasp that because something works in one environment, it won't necessarily work in another. Yeah, they want to like uh, Marvel of Marvel have nailed it. Doesn't mean anyone else is going yeah, they, to. Yeah, you see that all everyone's doing um, those type of films. We need to be doing those as well. Yeah. Well, why? You know, and it may not work for Marvel forever. Mm. It might. We might just look back on it as just this extraordinary eleven-year period. You know what I mean, or twelve, mm. or thirteen, or wherever long it works for, and just say, "Well, because I always expected it to collapse under its own weight, and it hasn't." But you know, there's nothing wrong with having. But you don't even. You don't have to have them that linked. I mean, there's no reason. You can't have Superman films and Batman films, and the, the and they're sort of the implication is they're in the same universe, mm -hmm. but only the implication. And then if you hit on a cracking idea to team them up, then fine. The, the the main problem with me is even even let's just say DC did a really good job of it. Yeah, it's still going to be like yeah, but it's just kind of like you just copying Marvel. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean that's the sad reality. They could even like do um, like. To, to even if they did an even better job than Marvel, they'd still come across as like, yeah, but you know, you're just mimicking Marvel, aren't you? Mm. 
but yeah, it hasn't worked. I mean, they, they. I mean, I feel, I feel almost fucking embarrassed for, um, you know, Universal mm. getting like Johnny Depp and Tom Cruise and all these people to pose for a photo for this universe that literally didn't get beyond the film that they already had in the can. Because the Invisible Man now will not star Johnny Depp, <laughs> and it won't be part of the Dark Universe at all. Yeah. In fact, there's talk of it being Elizabeth Moss. I'm not even sure we're even going to get a dark universe. Yeah. I just think, well, they all had to learn the hard way that what, what's happened here might just be a one-off. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. They, they tried it before. They mean, like, was Dracula and... Uh, was well, yeah, you had the Universal Monsters in the 30s, which, you know, I wish Charlie was here because I'm no expert on horror at all and he knows he knows a lot about that era. We are Groot. This did that did actually move me when when Groot enveloped them and was clearly going to die. Very sad. Well, yeah, because it has been confirmed by James Gunn, baby Groot is not the same Groot. He's, he's, um, he's essentially um... it, the closest would be son of Groot, but he's not really. No. Yeah, it's not the same personality. He's sort of regenerated, really, hasn't he? He's not. Yeah, yeah, that that would be close enough. He he, he doesn't grow. He doesn't have this Groot's memories and he's not going to just return to the same size and be the same man or creature or whatever you want to refer to him as. This Groot dies here. Oh, little wipe, wipe the sound of cheek. No. But yeah, the film, the film, weren't it? For all the bullshit action we've just had, that was a moving moment. I actually like, really like the design yeah, of Xander. completely destroy city. <laughs> I really like the design of Xander. I'd happily see more of it. Feels like a future version of Earth, doesn't it? It does. wonder how it's set up, Zandar. How do you like, know? Like, in terms of like it's how it's governed, like what's... Yeah, because I always thought the Nova Corps were basically the police, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. Because, well, the people who I'm assuming, like, you know, going close, they seem kind of like militaristic in a kind of way. Yes. It feels like a very zero-tolerant society but not in a police state way just mm. just in a everybody understands we we we're set up this way yeah it could be kind of quite um almost like a a free libertarian country where they are basically just there to like maintain its protection like we are we just police it yeah we just govern like the the laws there but everyone's kind of free to do what they want kind of thing yeah Yeah, for some reason it doesn't feel kind of right to kind of go back to the villain after group sacrifice. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what, you think that should have been climactic? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. But then again, yeah, I don't know. There could be an argument to say that you needed that to unite every, unite the rest of them. Yeah. This was all very fresh when I first saw it. It's it's a great bunch of characters. Um, extremely well cast in a really fresh universe. Mm. The film itself's okay. In fact, it's better than okay. It will rank high on all of the things I've just said. It will have to rank high for all of those things. Yeah. It'll, but, it'll be top-end Marvel. Yeah. But it, it it's top ten, it ain't top three. Hmm. Well, these things are all bloody interpretive anyway. I don't think there's a wrong ranking with Marvel. No, the only the only wrong ranking is to stick Winter Soldier really low down, as I've seen some people say, and I just think you've got no fucking taste whatsoever if you oh, think that. Or incredible Hulk are really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if That's anyone ever does that, unless you you must you'd have to be a massive fucking Hulk fanboy to do that. There are some people. I'm sure they do it. Or for now, of course, worlds. this film. <laughs> another thing that's very good about the sequel is it deepens your understanding of all of this Yondu and also mm. why Peter survives this because he shouldn't Peter should have just been completely consumed by this far quicker, I mean it is killing him but it's killing him slower and obviously once they all join together it's fine you should put some cream on that. <laughs> but it is a nice link up to the beginning of the film. Yes. This film could have used some more Kurt Russell. <laughs> uh, well, let's be honest, every film could do some more Kurt Russell. Except the thing that's got plenty of Kurt Russell already. I don't know. Can you have too much Kurt Russell? Do you think Kurt Russell should have played every part in that film, including Wilfred Brimley? (laughs) Oh, that's that's quite a lot of beardage going on, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny, I've only come to appreciate Kurt Russell in the last few years, really. I didn't like him very much when I was younger. I'm not quite sure why. That depends what films he was in, like what, what, what mm-hmm. which ones you watched. Could have been that. I didn't see the, I didn't see the thing until I was in my early thirties. Because I, I someone lent me the someone lent me the DVD without me asking. A friend of mine just gave I go to the cinema quite a lot with. He said you have to watch this, and I put it on like right in front of my TV set, basically. And it just sat there for like months. Um, and I kept forgetting to watch it, or there was always something else I wanted to watch. And I think it's quite clear horror is not really my fucking thing anyway. Although there are some I really love, like I'll be writing a retrospective of um, Let the Right One In fairly soon. But traditional traditional horror doesn't do it for me. I like slashes occasionally, so I quite like the um, Freddy Krueger films. But that was about it. So it's wrong to say I don't like horror, but I don't have a very full appreciation or understanding of it. And most horror I ever watch leaves me completely cold. Um, So the thing I wasn't desperate to get to, I had the video so long that he upgraded to DVD in the interim, like literally about nine months later, got the thing on deep Blu-ray, 
so the, the the DVD had sat in front of my TV for like the best part of a year, and then one day he comes in and hands me the Blu-ray and said, "Seriously, watch it." So I thought, well, he's given me two copies of it now, so I'm gonna have to. So I sat down at about age 32, 33 and watched the thing and fucking blew me away. Yeah. I remember, I, I, te- mm. I was, for me, it was I, I taped it on the previous night um, and I watched mm. it when I came back from school. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, it, yeah, it, 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 it was, I'm, I'm not joking, like, I, I had that sort of paranoid kid thing where you, we, we start, like, get a bit nervous about anything in the room. You think, fucking hell, <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I thought it was really good, like generally, like, fucking hell. Yeah, it, it's you know, there's that an alien of those types of films that, yeah. that that have any effect on me. You know, there were about maybe a dozen horror films, maybe fifteen in existence. I utterly adore, and a few of those are only tangentially horrors anyway. Like, don't look now in the Wicker Man are only tangentially horrors, really, and things like that. Um, I like a couple of slashers. Uh, Let the Right One In, I love just because it's this snow globe of a film that's like a treatise on friendship. Um, It's got nothing to do with the fact it's a horror. Mm. But yeah, traditional horror just leaves me so cold. You know, I went, you know, so, you know, what are those fucking films with Patrick, what's he called in, in Vera Farmiga? Insidious. Yeah. I watched both of those for a podcast when Insidious 2 came out. It was a Tony Black podcast. And fuck, did I struggle? I was just so bored, and horror fans were telling me how great it was. And it's like, well, it might be. I'm not. I'm not knocking what you love, but I just. I'm not drawn to it. I'm not interested in it. And when I do watch it, I don't have a. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't have a thorough enough appreciation for my opinions to mean anything. You know, <clears throat> thinking about like set the tape, Andrew Brooker on there seems to write only horror. And he seems to give virtually everything five stars as well. He's the horror aficionado. He just just fucking loves everything he ever watches that's horror. And I'm not knocking him for that. He's, like, enthusiastic. But, you know, when we get to October and people do 31 days of horror, like, fuck that. I only want to watch about two a year. I couldn't watch 31 days of it. It would do my fucking nut unless you literally picked, like, the 30 I happen to like in life. I've tried doing the 31 days. I couldn't do it. I'd last about it, four it, it's days. Right. It's just about, about fitting it in there. I just can't. I just, well, you know. no, I, but I'd, time, I'd, time I'd, last about, I'd last about four days and then I'd want to watch something heartwarming or loving or romantic or dramatic or action or something. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to watch something else. And horror films, the thing is, they don't usually work for me, full stop. But but when they do, they leave me feeling a way I don't want to feel anyway. Mm. What do I want to feel like that for? Like my life's fucking miserable enough. I want to see things that like make me feel good, or like make me think. You know what I mean? I either want to switch off by watching like a story, a properly formed story, or I want to like watch a Stan and Ollie or something that actually like makes me feel good about life. Mm. I, I don't want to watch horror. I, it's fundamentally a genre I don't like. Yeah, Stan, Stan Ollie as uh, John C. Riley's on screen. Oh, yeah, that's really good. It's fucking brilliant as well. That's a good film. I, I, I generally was in tears for the last like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, but I didn't oh. know I was. I touched my face at one point and realised it was wet. And the last shot of the film, they're holding hands. It's just, mm. oh, that's fucking oh. gorgeous. I didn't get the impression they were going to go all the way, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's very good. 
It's lovely. John C. Riley's best thing in it as well. Yeah, it's really good. The odd thing is, are people actually like laughing at the dramatic moments? Because I think they just kind of had that. They they were in the, those characters that I think people just like just felt like the author just laughed with Laurel Hardy. Yeah, which was like really odd. Yeah. Lovely, lovely film though. Such a good film. Yeah, that should have been, you know, up for Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. It wasn't, sorry. I mean, Steve Coogan was up for the BAFTA and I thought that was... I, th- I thought he was the weaker of the two lead performances. Because there was still a lot of Steve Coogan showing through mm. in a way that there wasn't a lot of John C. Riley showing through. Mm. Mm. I would have to agree there. It's difficult because I don't know how, know how Lowell sounded. I can't, I can't picture his voice. You, you can find it because most of the stuff they did was talkies. Yeah. Volume 2. Actually, uh, actually, it should have written on it on the front. It should say "In Cinemas 2017." <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no mountain high enough. Uh, it literally ends on a high. Amazing. Te- technically, you should have saved. Should, should they shouldn't have had that on the uh, on the soundtrack? Should have waited till the next film to have that on the soundtrack because that's. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> volume two. Yeah. It should have had a 30 second teaser at the end. Well, that and Jackson 5. Everybody, everybody wanted to dance in group. Yeah, I'm going to have to change the song I've got as the trailer. I'm sure I've picked something from volume two by mistake. Oh. It doesn't matter. Thing is, um, some of the very super famous things in this world do not get past YouTube. No. I've given up trying to get like Led Zeppelin or the Beatles past. You just can't. So much for fair um, use, isn't it? <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think I may have tried with Madonna as well. So I, I know for a fact it won't work with Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Yeah, so much hmm. for fair use doesn't seem to work, does it? Yeah, I mean, if you're using it outside of its original context, it should be all right. It's a bit like you can use clips of films if you're using them to either parody or review or comment, mm. but. YouTuber, YouTube are incredible. For anyone who's not like used it as a content creator, YouTube are incredibly overbearing and officious. There's yeah, copyright. The algorithms as well, so it's like a it's lot a of copyright time. strike. Uh, it's not serious. We normally get uh, copyright notice on virtually everything we ever put up, but it's not in most cases a copyright strike. Mm-hmm. I.e., our account is still in good hand standing but there might be an advert before the actual show if you watch it on YouTube. And it will be based on like the tiny bit of music you hear either at the start of the show, which was the case on Ant-Man, or on the trailers where we're talking over the music anyway. Um, yeah, it's just YouTube. They're a pain in the fucking ass. Yeah, it's quite difficult. Guardians of the Galaxy will return. In Goldfinger. <laughs> in Octopussy. <laughs> in for yours only. Nowadays it's just a Marvel will return. Or this character will return. It's like, oh. 
I miss the old days of James Bond will return in the next film. In yeah, five James, years. James Bond will return <laughs> has become a thing all of its own anyway. Now it's it been more films, well, it's been in more time. than the, There's the only reason I know how to leave the cinema when it says James Bond will return in. Christ, you must have been sat there for fucking weeks after God. The Incredibles or something. I was. But when's it going to say James <laughs> When's Bond it going to end? Oh, I don't know. I'm still there now. Oh, no. You recorded from the cinema she's been in since 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Please come and collect your child. Oh. Madam, uh, your your screening ended four years ago. Ended 30 years ago. Oh, <laughs> we were a pizza up when God. you first came in. Can't you tell by the booth? <laughs> God, do you remember the days when, like, when the film ended, and and it actually they actually knew what film they were going to do next. They were going to in yeah. for your eyes only. Yeah. Ooh. Can't imagine them doing that now, can you? I don't mind that they don't know because what I don't want them to do is retrofit a film for a t- to a title. Yeah. I really don't want them to do that. The film's going to be called, and now we're going to figure out why it's called that. I don't want them to do it that way around. So I don't mind that they don't do it. It's just the, the gap. The thing is, though, Dave, I, I kind of would like just some actual organisations, like you know where you're going next. Yeah, they've got you no have, idea. You know, just that, that. That's all I want. It's like, look, just be more efficient with the time. Well, that's you have. why they spunked Spectre away in one film, because there yeah. was no plan. That's Eon complained about them until I'm blue in the fucking face. Yeah, step back up. Take a step back from that now. Uh, they'll oh. prob- they'll probably, I reckon they'll probably will sell it after this one, but it'll, be, it'll take a while. Or they'll Sell it to Pizza Rut or Blockbuster or something. They've done well. <laughs> sell it to Netflix. Oh, the fan base would go mental. They don't like change. They're all old men. Oh. Netflix, fuck a card. I mean, I remember a few years ago <laughs> that you, if you went on a Bond forum and mentioned 3D or something, it was like it was like throwing a fucking Molotov cocktail into the room. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, heaven for heaven forbid you get you get to like see it at home for a subscription year, which you know you, you probably already have anyway. <laughs> so you... yeah, wouldn't bother me to be honest. But there you go. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, because we could probably do like a decent, like just do a strip back, almost like TV series in in a weird way, but just like do feature. Oh, I think I, I, what I would, what I wouldn't mind them doing is if they did the literal adaptations of the book period set on Netflix as like a series or something. As a separate thing. Yeah, that's where you cast like a an Aidan Turner or something. Mm, that'd be interesting. You, you put him in like a period TV version and set. I'd, I'd really like that. I'd re- I'd re- I would I'd... love it. But the fan base don't want it sold anyway because they're worried it'll have you know ten films a year and ridiculous amounts of spin-offs because they can only see nightmare scenarios rather than actually thinking about it with any balance. And not it doesn't seem to occur to them we can't go on like this with five year gaps. The series will die. Yeah, it's damned because as you, it, damned as you do, isn't it? It's, it's lost the generation of kids already. Yeah, it's, you, you damned if you, damned if you don't, because if, yeah, if, if mm. you keep hold on it, then nothing gets done. And then if mm. you sell it, then it'll... It might get fucked up. It might do. It's a risk. Of course it's a risk. But, like, can't go on like this. It's stupid. 
But there you are. So that's but, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, there's no. Um, I mean, da- Daniel Craig was 14 when fucking Spectre came out, and he's 51 now. That's how long I've been in the cinema. Yeah. Becca's been sat there since 1962. Neither older than I, y'all. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. Apologies, folks. We've barely fucking talked about it, to be fair. Yeah, but that's. That's comedy for That we don't. Really commentate on the phone. There is a sweet spot though when we missed it, but bollocks, our, our conversation was award winning, so it doesn't matter. Where else would you get Pizza Hut and fucking Blockbusters? <laughs> Other brand names. And, Other seeded, shops are available. And, and, and on that, we seeded a joke two hours ago that just paid off. <laughs> that, that, that's the sort, that's quality. Now, Becca's got a uh, phone Blockbuster and see if they got a copy of uh, Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I'm looking for a copy of your most excellent Captain America Civil War. My name is J.R. Hartley. My name J.R. Hartley. <laughs> literally, any listeners who don't doesn't know what that was on about, literally go onto YouTube and Google uh, y- yellow, pages. Pages. yellow Pages. Just yellow pages. 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 by J.R. Hartley. It, the thing to, that's actually really sad, isn't it? Is yeah, because he's been completely forgotten. He, he, yeah. he wrote this book on fly fishing, presumably when he was a much younger man. And he's walking around all these bookshops as a very old man, looking for a copy of the book he wrote. And nowhere has it. And he gets home and his daughter or whatever says, don't worry, Dad, we'll find it. She hands him the yellow pages and he finds a book, rings up, finds they have a copy and immediately has a wank. <laughs> I don't think he does. He just, he's well, like, you can tell oh. that's where it's, he does it. Tell it that's where he, it's he, going. It's off, yeah. um, uh, it's, but it's really sad. Yeah, not the way. Oh, oh, you do. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. The weird thing is, though, I can imagine the person on the other line thinking, like, what a pretentious prick. Like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> what a knobhead. What a knobhead. Why didn't he have a million copies? All the porn he wrote is still in fucking print. <laughs> it's just when he went a bit fucking arty. Sexy fly fishing by J.R. Hartley. Sexy. Fish around in my flies by J.R. Hartley. Naked fly fishing. <laughs> That's the one. He's very keen on water sports. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh dear. On that note. Well, it's, we've just got the Howard the Duck end bit, obviously. Mm, I switched off a DVD about six weeks ago. I did. Yeah, yeah got Howard the Duck, and now they're going to make a Howard the Duck TV series. Animated, and Kevin Smith's involved. Even better. Mm. So in theory, it's <laughs> be good. It's not something I'm desperate to see, to be honest, but. Whatever. Cool. I might watch it. I'm imagining that'll be on Disney Plus then. Probably. Like everything will be now. <laughs> it, it, it's going to be one of those things you'll struggle not to fucking get because it'll just have everything on it. Yeah, I don't know. Really. I, I wonder what I'll say. What will happen with um, Netflix then? Whether that that will it'll be more like their own stuff then? I don't know. Be weird, won't it? Because everything will just fragment, won't it? But. But that's where TV's going now. It's all be online and we just sign up to yeah, whatever. You'll, you'll cut the cord so you don't have a big cable bill, but you'll have about six three screen your streaming mm. services. Though, it goes, even though it might be a bit of a pain in the arse, the plus size is you can just sort of swap between one and one, can't you? You just go like, well, this this month I'll be watching Netflix yeah. this month. Yeah. Probably, yeah. 
I mean, you can do. You can just have them all at once. And but Netflix will, Netflix will be virtually all original content. Yeah. And then sort of legacy BBC shows will be on BritBox. Amazon will be largely original content. They'll both have licensing for films, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but it will be not non-Disney films. because Well, no, it might be Disney's more adult stuff, like, you know, Touchstone Pictures type stuff. It, yeah, it won't have their... But... The premium yeah. ones, yeah. The fam the family stuff will be on Disney Plus and Marvel and Pixar. I mean, to be honest, if someone said for six pound a month you can have like access to the entire fucking Disney back catalogue, and I I mean not three Marvel films. Yeah, it, won't, the time, it won't be six quid. It won't be six quid a month. It'll probably be like at least ten. Oh, well, they said it might be cheaper than Netflix. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. Let's say it's eight quid a month, something like that. Whatever it might be. If you said to me now I could access all of Disney's content, yeah, I think that would probably be relatively fair. Mm. But of course, Warner's are talking about launching one as well, and then you think, shit, that's it's all going to be on demand, isn't it? You think, well, the Netflix and Amazons of this world, Netflix seem like a safe bet at the moment, but the majority of their stuff's going to have to be like made in house. Because all the studios are going to be taking back their stuff, or you'll be mm-hmm. just left with Paramount or something, a new Universal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. But Disney Plus will launch this year, so we'll find out soon enough. Uh, but I mean, Star Wars is going to end up on there as well. Like The Mandalorian, the new series is just wrapped. Yeah, that's going to be end up on there. That's going to be on Disney Plus, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Are you going to have a low key TV show as well? Low key. Uh, Scarlet Witch. I think there's other TV series. Um, uh, the guys behind Dave Game of Thrones are making a Star Wars series. Really? Yeah. So wow. it's going to be quite a lot of... So they're going to put a load of new content on there as well. It's not just going to be you can access Mary Poppins or something. Yeah, Sherry Poppins. Yeah. Right, folks. So uh, another classic commentary where we gave deep insights and taught people all about Guardians of the Galaxy uh, by, fly fishing by whinging about Bond and implying an old man in an advert at a wank <laughs> what more do you want really what more do you want, what do, what more do you want for your zero dollars <laughs> exactly <laughs> I think they get good value for money absolutely <laughs> so uh, let's do us for now yeah so should we try another phase? What, as in phase four? As in phase three. <laughs> Given that's, Given that's the, next the next phase. Two. Yes. Let's move on to the next phase, shall we? Yes. I hope they're all still getting on next time, though. It seems such a harmonious world. <laughs> what do we reckon, Becca? Do you expect to return with our review of Captain America Civil War? <laughs>